0: Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host,
1: John X.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each
1: Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, and JohnOfAllTrades.us
3: hey real nerds there's many ways to enjoy the real nerds podcast you can listen to us on stitcher itunes and now spotify and iHeartRadio. you can see what we're up to around town by following us at RealNerds on instagram and if you want to send us your thoughts you can email us at real at gmail.com or call us at 720-6nerds5 like us on facebook at real nerds podcast or tweet us at RealNerds. and now on with the show
1: Hi, this is Georges Genti, and you are listening to Real Nerds Podcast. This is Real Nerds Podcast, voted top ten nerd podcast, nerdastic podcast by Denver Westward. I am Ryan. With me is Brad. And Zach. And we have a special guest. Hello. Hello. Alex. Hi, Alex. How are you? Welcome I'm very back. well. How are you? Thank <laughs> Good. you. Welcome back. When
3: was the last time you're
2: on? Um
0: I think Homecoming. Spider Man Homecoming, I think.
2: Sounds about right. Yep, I think I think I've done I was my mind goes to the Godzilla one. Nice. Uh, Where well, I think, because I think I was a little, maybe a little inebriated for that. <laughs> that one sticks with me. Yeah, I think it was Homecoming.
1: Well, welcome back. Thank you very much. Um, every week on Real Nerds podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week we saw um, uh, Cats. So stay tuned for that. But you know, we're gonna have to review, uh, revise our review because they just released it with updated visuals. Yeah. Um Sonic the Hedgehog style.
0: Yeah, but it's okay, guys. It's okay. It's a freaky musical about cats. And we're gonna tell you about each individual cat and their origin story.
1: Yes. Ah, uh, but really we saw the rise of Skywalker. Wait, I saw cats. Oh, sorry, sucker. <laughs> um so just like Avengers Endgame, usually I wait till the end of the episode to tell you what's going on. Not this time, my friends. I know that our people that tune in really want to hear our thoughts on it. Because did you know that one of our most popular countries is Australia? Mm. That blew my mind on Spotify. We are well, international. You know.
0: So that means we've got to apologize for every time James has put Crocodile Dundee movies
1: on good g'day, Good eye, good eye, good eye, good eye, good eye. Yes, we're should we be s- doing the show in an Australian accent sorry. from now on. Totally.
4: <laughs> this I week watched on uh, the podcast. Because
1: <laughs> I've been watching Conan clips. I watched where he went to a linguistics person to ta- teach him how to speak Australian. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. Just check it out com, Team Coco yep. Anyways um, And usually we also say if you should see the film or not um, This seems kind of silly in something like this So I'm going to change this up as well um, Brad is the rise of Skywalker A fitting end to the Skywalker saga
3: We're reviewing it now?
1: Yeah I just told you we were Yeah he's changing oh. it up He's end gaming it oh, oh gosh
3: Wow uh, I was prepared for this uh, I mean, you Should toe. people see it? No I said Is it because Is it worth seeing? Is it a fitting, it a fitting, end? fitting Did, end?
1: I'm literally talking, looking at you. The talk-
3: only way I can get through this show each week is to follow a formula, <laughs> and you have just completely upended me. That's why. Because we now need I don't to, know what to do.
1: Sometimes we need to change it. I said, "All right, fine." Uh, is give this me a, a, is this a fitting be... end to the Skywalker saga?
3: Absolutely not. But it's a fun watch. Perfect,
1: Zach. Um.
3: Yeah, but there's thoughts. Alex.
2: Uh. What did Brad say? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I had more and things to say, but... It was, had some things that made me feel like I was watching Star Wars. Corinne, you just walked in? What did you think?
5: Hey, nerds. It's Corinne. So I know you all are reviewing The Rise of Skywalker, and I figured I'd throw my two cents in before you play the trailer and spoil the movie. And I would just say, um, should people go see the movie? Um, I guess like uh part I'm very I'm very conflicted about this film because part of me really liked it and part of me really hated it. And I feel like it's been very divisive, even just in my family circle, like my dad and stepmom uh liked it, and my mom and my sisters didn't uh well they didn't care for it like a lot. Um, you know, like I think it was like me, like there are parts that they liked and there were parts that they hated. Um, but it does seem like the people who didn't like The Last Jedi like this movie, and the people who liked The Last Jedi didn't like this movie. It's kind of a general rule of thumb, and considering that I liked The Last Jedi for the most part, I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but this movie feels very slapdash together, and, um, I was unsatisfied with some of the the ways that it ended, and, uh, yeah, so I guess people should go see it. They probably already have anyway. So go see it if you want. I I don't I don't care. Like I love Star Wars and and that's how I feel about it. So I think that says a lot. But I will talk to you all about it more when we get into spoiler territory.
1: <laughs> She's so wrong.
3: Yeah, we're gonna debate um, this hard. Yeah, I, I also want to say like I've wanted since the prequel started, I've wanted the series to elevate itself. And, you know, people always say this is a series of space wizards for kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the fans who grow up with it, they want something more out of it because their their brains and their sensibilities just need more. And so I was hoping to get that with this trilogy and I don't think it got there. In fact, after Last Jedi, I think it's backslided. So, yeah, anyway. But it's still fun. There's still some cool things about it and we'll talk about it.
1: Yeah, is it a fitting end to the Skywalker saga? In one way, I'd say yes. In another one, I have some problems with it. Um, I do think that The Last Jedi is still the second best Star Wars film. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that they try to apologize for some of the things that The Last Jedi did, which I don't think was totally necessary. Too much. In fact, I think that why I believe The Last Jedi and Empire Strikes Back are the best Star Wars films is because it takes what you expect from stuff and subverts them. Um, and I, I just read a great. Uh, I'm, I'll get. We'll see. Play a trailer in a second. I read a great interview with Mark Hamill, and he was talking about The Empire Strikes Back, and that only um, George Lucas and the director of the film knew the twist. And when they're on set, they had David Prose, right, who plays Darth Vader, um, say that uh, Obi Wan killed your father mm-hmm. on set. And then when they dubbed it they said no I'm your father and they only told mark hamill when they were filming mm. and it was it's great and I, you know that's still probably the greatest twist in movie history uh at least one of them and um really not Soylent green is people no <laughs> Soylent green is a shit movie that people mm-hmm. think is great did I say that out loud? I did say that out loud.
3: <laughs> but going back to like the apology part, like yeah. it's very much like watching the movie feels like they're going down a list of things that they read off Reddit from people who didn't like the last Jedi yeah. and directly answered them. Yeah. Like no nuance, just
2: did And d- I think I understand why people feel that way. Um and like all people who like movies and people who like Star Wars or uh, like Star Wars fandom, everybody likes and dislikes completely different things, which yeah. makes it a madhouse, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh I actually don't think that uh, I don't go right to apology. I don't think it's apologizing. Mm.
4: Kill him. <laughs> Kill
2: him. <laughs> I don't think it's apologizing. Here's, uh, here's a trailer for Rise of Skywalker
1: It's an instinct. A
6: feeling. The force brought us together.
2: will fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know
4: me. No one does.
0: there 3PO? Taking one last look, sir, at
4: my friend
1: So, the, the Dead Speak. Um, the Dead Speak. Uh, I guess if it's not obvious, this is total spoilers. Um, so, if you don't want to hear this, um, go see the movie. I mean, it's already made $200 When million I saw dollars,
0: the so. title crawl and it said The Dead Speak, I was just like, oh, James Whale directed
1: a Star Wars movie? No, I, you <laughs> know, the, the, the title crawl. I'm like, oh, this is like really in-your-face B-movie, you know, yeah. The Dead Speak thing. I mean, it's fine. It works. It's interesting. Could yeah. have even been the subtitle for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars, The Dead Speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, it, yeah, so, I mean, right away, you're... Um, transported to a planet where Kylo is just murdering people it's Mustafar
3: apparently
0: oh really yep. yeah oh right on Mustafar has more than volcanoes
1: yeah I, I guess so hmm. and weird alien dudes um, they're protecting that oh the thing. Vader stuff oh the they're protecting the Wayfinder the Wayfinder which is uh, a way to find <laughs> um, uh, Palpatine who somehow has cheated death or
3: mm-hmm. Exegol, the planet that he's hiding on. Yeah. Not so much him.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, um, and uh, not only is he cheated death, but he's also amassed an army of followers. Uh, what what wasn't it One Republic? Nope, that's a band. Final. The final. final order. Yeah, final, the final order. order. Yeah, Sorry. I like
3: that. There's a first order and a final order. Like there's no middle order. Middle. <laughs> what would the middle order be? A middle finger. The midlife
1: order. <laughs> um, and he instructs Kylo, he needs to go find Rey and kill her, and so propels us to a lot of zigzagging uh to ray and poe and them and but
3: he doesn't actually want her dead as you find out later but yeah
1: yeah well if he well he kind of does because with her out of the way that he his
2: plan evolves a couple times i guess yeah you can yeah. call it that yeah did I mention I think no that no, no. Darth Sidious is like one of the worst villains in cinematic history? <laughs> I totally understand. Dude, he, yeah. he, I
0: also
1: he, love the Emperor. He flat
0: out keeps trying <laughs> so, to pick people to be his apprentice that he puts into conflict. Well, you know, I, would, <laughs> I would
1: say if you're interested in um, kind of Sith lore, you should really read Darth Plagueis, the book that came out. And
3: uh, I love it, it when you have to read a book to understand well, a movie.
1: No, no, not to understand this movie, but there's it, it talks about how the Sith really don't. Um, they always have more than one apprentice. They, they kind of just lie about everything. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I mean, I guess, that is that common knowledge? I think it's common knowledge if you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah, and Plagueis, the the book, is really interesting. Um, because Sidious, in the book, goes around and kills all of Plagueis' other uh, apprentices because he wants to be... So, basically, it's the same thing. He wants to be the most powerful Sith Lord. Um, so, yeah, so Kylo goes and um, we get a lot of Rey time. Yep. Um, She's amassed she,
3: her skills of...
4: Have... Mm-hmm.
3: Gotten really good, yep. I guess. Yep. yeah. Yes,
1: yeah. No, I, you know, I will say too, man. Daisy really looks great in this movie. Like you can tell, she's been hitting the weights. Yep. I mean, she always looks great. I mean, she's a very beautiful woman. I'm. She's definitely ready to rock some Jedi. I'm skills. just saying, mm-hmm. you you can tell she's like been training hard. Oh yeah. Like you know, to be a Jedi master. Hell yeah. And uh, Corinne, what did you say about Star
5: Wars? Okay. Oh yeah. Let's really get into it here. I mean, I've seen this movie three times now. I'm probably gonna go see it a couple more at least. um I-, I just have a lot of thoughts about it, both good and bad it's in a nutshell, it's one of those movies that while I'm watching it, I have a good time like I'm smiling and i'm I'm nodding and I'm laughing and everything. but then, like like immediately after I'm like, like oh, like I can't believe like what they did and how they ended. It mostly has to do with like the last. Ten minutes of the movie, um five to ten minutes of the movie and yeah i can I can say both good things and bad things about it, so the big the biggest good thing the best thing about the movie is the performances, the music John Williams fucking brought it for this movie, and also it, i mean it just looks good like. The shots are dynamic, the the you know, the colors and everything pop and the effects are good and I mean it, it it's almost like a little too dynamic in some parts. Like it's a little lo- almost a little too like moves around a lot and you're it's almost kind of like a little bit jarring and disjointed, especially there the first twenty minutes or so. But yeah, the movie Okay, so those are the best parts about the movie. Although uh, one more quick thing to add on to that is I was a little concerned on how they were going to use uh, Leia, and especially because they were going to use unused footage of her from The Force Awakens, and so I was a little bit nervous about that. And honestly, like, it wasn't too bad. Like, yeah, she looked a little awkward. She looked like you... I mean, of course, I knew she wasn't actually there, so of course my brain is like, she is fake, like, that was digitally inserted. And it does seem like they wrote some of the dialogue... Um, in those scenes around the footage that they had of her. So that felt a bit limiting. But just her, in terms of the story, I thought was really well done and how they used um, her death as a way to bring Ben Solo back to the side of the good and away from the side of, you know, the dark side and everything. So, yeah. And, I like, Han Solo's cameo. Like, honestly, like, a lot of the fan servicey bits didn't really bother me that much. It was more of there were okay there are a couple of there are a couple of things that really bother me um and re- okay yeah there's a lot to talk about here the one of the worst things about this movie is how it's paced there is just so much going on in this movie it is like two and a half three hours worth of material, and they pack it all into like two hours fifteen minutes or something like it feels so short compared to the amount of material that they have and things move so quickly that you have no like you don't get like a lot of beats to like process things you and they just gloss over things so fast and after I saw it the first time I was a little confused I was like wait how did they get all that information about the Imperial um the fleet on Exegol and like how they needed this nav tower or whatever. I was like, how did they get that info? And then of course the second time I saw it, I was like, oh, because Dio had it and they uploaded it from him. I was like, okay. But yeah, it's like things like that that like, yeah, you pick up after a couple of viewings, but it's like you shouldn't need to you shouldn't need to see it multiple times to pick up on things like that. Like these are yeah, the pacing is weird in this movie. Um <laughs> I'll say for the record, I hated the fact that they killed Ben Solo or seemingly killed him. I am, uh yeah, I subscribe to the theory that he is, well, maybe not, he's not, he's not alive, but he's not dead. Like, maybe he's stuck somewhere in, like, the world between worlds, which is something that gets brought up in the Rebels TV show. And um I, I felt like his death was just so sudden and you, like, we didn't get any time with Rey for that moment to really sink in, and I just it felt so quick and so disjointed, and I was like, did they what like uh, yeah, and some people on the internet are saying like that was a a last minute change that he wasn't supposed to die, and that he wasn't supposed to die initially, but that they changed it maybe like two months ago, and it kind of explains some of the different things about the film that we've heard from like, you know, John Williams and Daisy and Adam Driver. And it's like, yeah, why is it that they were saying all these great things about it and how it was going to be satisfying and hopeful? And then at the very end, like, the kind of quintessential... Not not the... Well, he's a main character. He's a main character, at least. You know, died. And and at least his death was, like, a a, a good and noble gesture. And it was a beautiful moment. But, again, it was not so much what happened but how it happened that really pissed me off so there's that um I also just I just hate how this film just slaps in the face of Ryan Johnson and different things that he did in The Last Jedi and how it's a giant retcon of 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 the last Jedi mainly, but it also kind of retcons like some of the pre existing lore of the universe, as far as I understand it. And it's like all of a sudden, like the Sith were the only ones who knew how to clone. And I'm like, what about the people on Camino? Are they Sith? What what the hell? And it's just it's just frustrating. It's like, yeah, you, you get like nice little moments of fan service, uh things like, you know, Han's cameo that that really land on both a my inner fan girl is squealing but also lands emotionally like for the character of Kylo Ren Ben Solo and i think the big the the thing that it really boils down to the the heart of the problem is that this is supposed to be the end of the Skywalker saga this is supposed to be the end of the main trilogy movies and yeah they're going to have spin-offs they're going to have spin-off movies and tv shows and all sorts of shit, right? And I know it's not the end of Star Wars, but it's the end of the Skywalker saga, the thing that kicked this whole stuff off. And in some respects, it does feel like a fitting end to the trilogy or to the to the nine episode saga because, you know, mostly it's John Williams and all the amazing performances that come from this movie. But it's also it also doesn't feel like an ending at all. So it's like the movie needed to pick a lane. Like, either be the end or don't be the end. But it's trying to give us a satisfying conclusion while also leaving open a bunch of doors that can then, you know, be potential spinoff comics and video games and stuff later. And that's just really frustrating because it doesn't feel final when you also have a bunch of unanswered questions. And I'm, I, it almost feels a little bit like it should have been a, like a TV series finale, and of course, you know, everybody on the internet is complaining, like, J.J. doesn't know how to do endings properly, and it's like, that is probably true. Um, I thought of it as kind of like the um, Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra universe, because those, the endings, uh, or the series finale of both of those shows are really, really well done, and it kind of felt like they were trying to do something like that, where you get little cameos of characters that you've seen before, And you also give your main characters like a satisfying send off. And yeah, like theoretically, you could still tell stories in this world, but like everybody gets a satisfying conclusion. And the main conflict is resolved, the big bad guy is dead. And. And, and, but, but at the same time, we didn't get that. So that's really why I'm pissed off about this movie. Again, as I watch it, I'm excited because. I mean, we get a lot of Ray and Kylo, both of whom I really enjoy as characters, and I enjoy their dynamic together. And Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley have great chemistry. And I, I kind of hate the fact that she's a Palpatine, but part of me likes it because it does make her complementary to Kylo. Where it's like he's the embodiment of the dark, but he comes from the light, and she's the embodiment of the light, but she comes from the dark. So they're like literally like a yin yang symbol, like together. Um, but on the other hand, I really liked the idea that she was nobody, which is what Ryan Johnson put forth in The Last Jedi. And then of course, Kylo has to do this like, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi logic bending maneuver where he's like, "Oh, but I didn't really lie to you. I just didn't know the rest of your story." And it's like it just flies in the face of Ryan Johnson and what he brought to the franchise in The Last Jedi. And love or hate that movie, I think he had a better understanding of where he wanted these characters to go and what, like, how the rules of this universe work. And I feel like J.J. J. Abrams is kind of going back to a lot of the things that he brought to the franchise in The Force Awakens, which aren't necessarily bad things, but it just feels so disjointed as a franchise because it's like, you had this very, um you know you had a middle part that feels so out of sync with the others that then when you you almost don't need to watch episode 8 like what's what's the point you know so anyway i've rambled about this for long enough i could i could talk about this for hours and my family's already bored with the fact that i just all weekend i've been talking about the the rise of skywalker and the star wars franchise so it's probably going to be in a article At some point, so just be on the lookout for that in the future. Um, But thanks for letting me rant. I'm curious to see what all of you think about the movie. I'm sure some of you liked it, and I'm sure some of you didn't. So, again, I'm kind of in the middle because, again, part of me hates it, part of me loves it. So, there's that. So, talk to you all again soon, and hope you have a good Christmas and New Year's holiday season. Bye!
1: Well, she's wrong. Uh, (laughs) Corinne and I have this like long debate and I'm pretty sure I'm still right about it Um, because I mean the elephant in the room is, you know, the twists and the turns that they do in this film. uh, None of them shocked me Um, even making Ray Palpatine. I wasn't like shocked by it and they they even played it and um, it was edited where they put it kept a beat on her when she found out where you're supposed to be you know, what?
0: which is like similar to a beat you put on Luke when he finds out that Darth Vader's his father, yeah, but, but it doesn't. But d- the, the
1: impact isn't as much because I, I, I said previously, if you listen to our last Jedi uh, review is I like the idea of her coming from nothing. Yeah, I like the idea that she doesn't have to be have any lineage to this saga. She's just someone who's very powerful in the force. And even the last Jedi, the last shot plays with like the little kid calling for the broom.
0: Yep, and um, we lose a lot of ex- we go back to exclusivity in this franchise. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like only certain people can be
2: Jedi's guys. <laughs> I don't know if I'd, I don't know if I got that either. Honestly, really, I don't know if that's my takeaway.
0: I guess actually that's true. she's
2: still nobody. Um, mm, could yeah, have been could've... more nobody. Uh, like I think the identity thing, if anything plays a little bit, I kind of think it's that. A little bit. Okay. Um, But I realize it's. There are so many. There are so many. When did this come out? Two, two. It's been two, three days?
0: It's been about four days. You say tomorrow.
2: (laughs) Oh, when when did it come out? (laughs) Oh, last Thursday? Mm. uh, Four days? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've. uh, It's been so loud, like the last. Even the last two movies. uh, But maybe just as loud, if not. Maybe a little louder last couple days since (laughs) Last Jedi. There's just so. That's that pendulum swing happened the other way so hard um and I'm, i'm always like finding myself being like i i feel like uh with people that didn't enjoy it too much or didn't have too much fun or taken out of it most of it um i'm just shocked at how different all of those opinions are and then subsequently not shocked that the movie's probably gonna like crumble on itself and I don't know how it's doing at the box office or anything like that but it's clearly Uh, it went into almost 200 million dollars because I also actually um, I've got some you know gripes like with all Star Wars movies but I love Star Wars so much Mm and I uh, Last Jedi is probably pretty high-ish on my list uh, despite some like things that don't make any sense to me Um,
1: you brought it up you know I think that the fandom is really interesting for Star Wars because it's like they can't it'll never be good enough for them. You, you, Absolutely. The, the loudest people. I'm a huge star Wars fan too. And I, um, actually I talked to Corinne about this because, uh, Corinne went on the, the, either the day before or the day the film came out, she went and like dug out spoilers and stuff. And she said, you know, no, I this stuff's really going to piss me off. And I, I my, my rebuttal to her is I said, well, why don't you go into the movie and just fresh? Because now when you know the spoilers, you're gonna be waiting for the moment that's gonna piss you off, yeah. Well, and, and it's totally taken out of context if you don't see the whole film.
2: Uh, he, here's here's what I did with all three of these movies, and the only movies in the world that I could do this with happily, uh, I months before seven, eight, and nine, I was up in every single leak, and I I knew basically all three of these movies months before they happened, and about two and a half months ago or so um before that last final release trailer um i had read basically a dissertation of like everything 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 because i just can't stay away from it like and it doesn't and it i don't think genuinely it's the only thing uh that i could do that with and it doesn't affect how i feel about it um so my perspective for this review was kind of going to be so all three movies um ended up being basically 90 percent like the only things that would be There'd be a few things that would be ambiguous in the leaks, but basically 7, 8, and 9 had them on paper before he we went to see it. Loved Force Awakens for the most part. Like, really had that first 20 minutes, that 11-minute marker, that I just, like, loved it, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, Last Jedi, you know, you get things like she, she uh, Kylo Ren takes out Snoke, Luke Force projects, and you get, like, kind of some beats of what takes so so-and-so to so-and-so, Uh, to so and so or or to wherever to do whatever MacGuffin thing but with this new one I was fine I was really happy that I read everything actually Mm -hmm. and um, knowing what I knew I still thought I was going to enjoy it a lot more and I was ready to enjoy it a lot more and I I knew that he was that exogal planet was the second or when he arrives as the second scene. There's a giant list of reshoots. I don't know if you guys have seen. Probably not. No, <laughs> no, but no. Uh, I the, go cold. the reshoots, I, I go cold. like absolutely. And I mean, as anyone should, and I like it's, it's a very personalized. Like it's, I wouldn't say fine. anything to anyone yeah. for some reason. I'm digging into like a. F- I need to know where to put my heart or something like that. <laughs> like I, I just gotta. I just consume Star Wars stuff embarrassingly. Yeah. Um. But I don't think previously it ever really has like, affected how I truly felt about it. There were things in those leaks that uh, the Palpatine thing was a little ambiguous. It literally said granddaughter and this and that, and that you see her parents. And I was like, well, personally, for some weird reason, um, and I'm almost a little embarrassed by this, but I think if they're... The biggest problem with it is the trilogy not being a trilogy, not being this cohesive. And I still think they could have stuck the landing, though. Mm. And I don't feel like, generally, they did that. And they still had the opportunity to do it, even with Last Jedi the way it is. I don't really blame Last Jedi, and I don't think it boxed them into such a corner that this is the movie you had to get. like That's a popular assessment, yeah, yeah. You know, and honestly, I don't really think Last so.
1: I freed them. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they yeah. could make a lot of choices. It, it
0: gave them the opportunity to go their own way with it while still keeping within the Star Wars universe.
1: Like, yeah, because you, you, cr- you kill the one perceived big threat and so, sure. sure, so now you can just really focus on Kylo, yeah. which I thought really opened it up.
2: Um, if 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 it was canon that, and the movie's called Rise of Skywalker, and it's about her absorbing that identity and that legacy or whatever, and it's about Kylo Ren climbing out of the whatever. But most of all, it was about the rise of Skywalker, which I was under the impression that's what that's why it's seven or eight or nine. It's one story. Mm -hmm. theoretically and that's the landing it had to stick for me which is being a seeming like Mm -hmm. seeming like doesn't have to be perfect or whatever but like one stories and i would have gotten with uh i feel like i would have understood the emperor it's gonna make it makes some people nuts and some people just foam at the mouth but the emperor created anakin yeah. Immaculate Conception yeah. uh, and created her, or she was an Immaculate Conception yeah, for I, just funny. the force that the them about, But that, a biological yeah, that Palpatine week. family that we never met in the final act really, really, really bothers me. <laughs> it, it, it frustrates the crap out of me. Uh, so, her being a Palpatine, so I'm going into it thinking, okay, here's this thing that sounds like I really don't like it. Again, if it's just kind of... I don't have huge expectations. I just want to go see a fun Star Wars movie, have it do Star Wars-y things, and conclude most of all. I wanted to just wrap this up. Um, But for some reason, when it felt like the ambiguity of that went out the window, when they're literally saying, your Palpatine's son is your father, and that kind of direct terminology, I really just can't take it. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, that's just such a... Uh, an elder wand in the last book or a whatever <laughs> sort of scenario that I just... It's really hard for me to, to give it a pass. Yeah, I,
1: I think there's a lot of... I think everyone will have different moments. See, the, the Palpatine thing didn't bother me at all. Um, like I said, it, it, we disagree slightly. I, I'd like that she... You said she still comes from... I still like that she came from nothing mm-hmm. because I think um, it turns its on its head where you don't have to be a Skywalker. You don't have to be this you can be somebody and you don't have to have that lineage mm. um, and that's why I, I love the character Ray she's one of my most favorite characters in fiction actually, I actually really like Ray too um, you know her arc is great because you know she she toys with um, you know she has a little dark in her and she has a lot of light and so she's she's the one who makes the choice you know no one's given her these choices mm-hmm. um, and that's you know it's one thing I don't understand um, my biggest gripe about this movie and we're going to we're skipping a lot but is i didn't like um at the end i I don't like that she kisses kylo ren that's my biggest gripe throughout the whole film because i you know i i talked to like corinne wanted them so bad to kiss and she wanted them to be together and to me kylo ren is a piece of shit because he i mean he opens with him murdering a bunch of people he's responsible for the death of billions of people he killed his own dad he tried to kill his mom you know he's not a good person so i don't think he can be redeemed and the idea of and i'm definitely in the minority of this because when we saw it people were cheering when they were kissing why do people want her to be with kylo ren i don't understand
0: i was just more happy I'm like oh cool the internet won, i guess it's like just
3: kind of like, a like a Reddit board and like fan fiction and James i just i just embraced the... the madness at that point i don't you
0: know, really particularly to like happy. It. I,
1: I i went with the idea and I, i'm i guess i'm totally wrong but you know Leia says in it, um, you know, I'm going to use the last bit of my strength to reach my son. Mm -hmm. And obviously she has Han Solo show up and, you know, confront him. But I I was thinking that maybe she was able to, like, actually get into him mentally and that he really wasn't in control of what he was doing. It was Leia driving him to be a better person.
3: Sorry, I forgot to state before I saw this. I've seen it twice now. Mm -hmm. The second time in 40X. And the scene you're talking about, where they're fighting on the the oh, remnants no. of the Death Star, yeah. I the, I read it a, differently a second time of where she is trying, like she does get inside, yeah, Ky- yeah, yeah. and she is Kylo, she's possessed Kylo for a split second, and that's when Ray kills her, and she also dies on screen when he gets stabbed, and I also feel like Ray suddenly re- realizes that she killed Leia yeah, instead yeah, yeah, of Kylo. Yeah.
1: yeah, so that's that's I mean because there's because there's also a shot after, and this is where my idea of this came from i, I mentioned uh, it, after they kiss he kind of does like this like laugh and smile like i'm not who you think i am you know i'm not really um ben solo i'm being helped by my mom and it, so that whole moment really bugged me because i'm not like a crazy you know feminist person but i, I thought that ray didn't need that moment because she's earned everything she's got you know she doesn't need to kiss a boy that wh- i don't understand where the romantic, i totally get it you know what i don't understand I where the romantic part of that came from i don't know why well, I don't she's think it's, drawn to him i don't
2: but. think it's romance in the same way that you know everyone's like oh my god can you believe that they abandoned the the rose and, and i was like was that a thing like or did you just all make it a thing mm-hmm. like t- can two people not kiss in like the yeah, yeah yeah in like a PG kind of way and not have it be so I feel like there's a level of I, I honestly that think that
1: Finn and Poe earned a kiss more than anybody else in that film. <laughs> sure sure <laughs> <You know>? um, <laughs> I was
2: kind of r- on the middle on the kiss it I mean I could definitely go without it it I, wasn't the thing that irritated me the most if if I if you really stretch and just think about it as a they had she's alive because of him and that's what they're kissing about yeah um, rather said, than uh,
3: I, I read something. He said it, it was more of a, like a Luke and Leia kiss from the first movie, huh? but it really should have been more on the <laughs> t- an interesting t- way to put yeah. that. Yeah. But that's <laughs> what he—that's. But it, I mean, it,
2: passion uh, of the moment thing. I at least kind of understand it, and if it happens to appease whatever, then sort of fine. Yeah. Um. Also. But yes, uh, why I struggle with it is because of everything that came before and he is an ir- irredeemable whatever. And it's like, and I, I, I and mentally I'll, tug a war. And I also
1: don't think he was redeemed in the film. Because, uh, you know, I they, mean, he, they, they they say, they say he that th- he killed Kylo, but I actually think she did. You know, by her stabbing him and killing him and then fixing him, he, in a way, realized that... Well, it's like of Jedi. He's from like, his he's point not,
3: of view. He's not redeemed, he's just like self... Like loathing, like yeah,
1: just... he's more aware, I guess. Of, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, Corinne brings up a good point. that She says that he's conflicted. He is conflicted throughout the whole uh trilogy. But I, I don't think he's a redeemable character because mm. he's just, he's just not. He's not a good person.
2: No, well, no, you know, I always felt like I always would have bought him doing something heroic under certain. Very specific circumstances and having to pay like sure. he's got to die. Period. He can't be like redeemed. Oh redeemed. No, no, he had to die. Like he has but... to, you know. But a Vader esque sort of like fine. Like, I mean, kind I of mean, what I expected. My,
1: my my guess did come true. I said that I hope that she kills him and she becomes the greatest Jedi of all time, which you know is pretty much what happened.
2: Yeah. It.
0: I mean, i
1: want going
3: to backtrack for a second. That yeah, we've been jumping around a lot.
0: The, the idea though that that kiss happened like and I because you saw me in the theater, I kind of just went like. And it was not because I wanted that to happen. No, because you wanted like, me to punch you. No,
1: it was not that either. Um, Did you feel mm-hmm. my eye roll when that happened? I I literally went... <sighs> I was for, I could. I, could, oh, I,
0: no,
4: I, I felt it.
3: No, no, <laughs> nice. no, I could
0: hear it, but I wasn't even focused on you. I was focused on like, oh, the internet won the movie. No. That's fucking weird. Okay. Because my biggest issue with this film is that this movie, whether JJ wants to talk about this or not, is retconning and/or making apologies and/or catering to fans, and I don't think that's a smart choice at all.
2: Do do we want to hit them?
0: No, hit hit, hit the retcons. Hit the retcons. The, les, the list, or, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm there's gonna. there's a bunch. I mean, like I, I'll here's what I'll say. I don't know if this is a retcon so much as just a decision to actively take a character out of things. Rose is barely in this
1: movie. She's literally a sideline. I I, I I think she has to be. This is my argument for Rose is she's introduced and she's great in The Last Jedi and she serves her purpose. Mm-hmm. In this new one, it's more about pushing the core characters. It's I'm just, okay with that.
0: And and, and, I, and I understand that. It just, I can't help but feeling that there's a decision-making process because of some people who chose to get pissy in their pants two hey, years what's ago the Rose about the character. Thing? I well, don't even they, know. They don't like her because she's an active female character in a movie and that she's also a minority. That's what they don't
2: like. Wait, is that a thing? That's yes, very much a thing. There's more to it than that. There's more layers, but those are two very distinct layers. See, this Absolutely. is why I don't go on the internet. But yeah. see, <laughs> see, but I also think this can, taint, this can have this weird reverse effect where we're, like that whole thing, like, can you believe they took out that thread? You said it was a thread. The, the time I yeah, can't yeah, yeah. wait for with Star Wars is five minutes from now yeah. when somebody just picks up the VHS like I did sort of thing and just <laughs> puts it in, yeah. and for better or for worse or whatever. And all of this other, like, stuff, like even but you didn't address the Knights of Ren in the seventh movie. Mm-hmm. Like if you just watch that movie, like I, I just don't understand. I huh. don't understand I do. this argument that we mined and created that from a throwaway line. We didn't oh, yeah, need yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I, it could have any answer and it can't be a plot hole because we decided something was important. I agree. That, and I think there's a lot of that in this movie. Yeah, you know, where I, I
1: think the, the best like funny moment in the whole movie is the meta joke of when the Knights of Ren walk by the stormtroopers like oh my gosh the Knights of Ren they're so cool like I think that's like (laughs) Uh, that's like maybe the best like meta joke in cinema history is Is that that in the movie? oh yeah Yeah. it 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 happens in the movie yeah Yeah. it's like two storm they say something a little different but it's to the effect of that I don't remember that at all when the Knights of Ren go by the stormtroopers they go
0: oh the Knights of Ren they're so cool it's so weird too because it's like stormtroopers
1: like having a personality which like they do
0: technically in the original trilogy but not this like in the first one
1: especially well I did notice too they had a lot more female stormtroopers in this yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But um, so, sorry, you were you no, were no. Sorry, I was uh, gonna, I
0: was gonna say though, like for all that the uh, for all my frustrations with it, there are some fun Star Wars moments. Oh, no, that, the, that that are great. Luke gets to lift a x-wing out of the swamp because i thought that would be the yoda cameo but then it turned out no he got to do the thing that he couldn't do in empire strikes back and it was nice
3: but the whole scene but, i was in sitting there wanting to go him to go like can you help me with this i'm just a force ghost yeah <laughs> but and again You're the most like, powerful jedi in the universe right now just <laughs> yeah, for me
0: and the only thing that kind of like sullies that in my head but only just a little bit is kind of like yeah but a bunch of a, a bunch of moments that make me
1: happy a good movie do not make necessarily I, but see here's it's it's not a bad movie it's no 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 and no. I would take I would take that film over a lot of films because here's the thing at the end of the day it's still Star Wars yeah and I can find things in it that I absolutely adore oh yeah Chewie gets a medal Same. yeah you know cause I, I actually think um, uh, Harrison Ford's Han Solo is really amazing I think he's really good I did not expect
0: him to come back I, had I no thought he idea. was
3: done with this <laughs> And fans finally got all three characters in the same movie. Yeah, I mean they're not interacting with each other, but well, they're Link's there. Dead.
0: Well, and Force Force, <laughs> Awake, Force Awakens like, they technically did. It's just that Luke didn't say anything. That's all.
3: Well, yeah. Oh, I guess yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. But no, it's, um, you know. But yeah, they really wanted to be interacting with yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah. 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 So it kind of makes sense, though, right? How like. I kind of agree with what you're saying. Yes, I think there's a combination of things happening where, yeah. like, there's such an outcry about Rose. There's surely that's not nothing. But also, I would sort of expect Rose to become like. I just don't go out of Last Jedi thinking like, oh, so Benicio's back, right? Or like Rose's, or <laughs> like, and like from the same angle, everyone's like, oh, what? So Broomboy means like. Th-? I'm like, guys, that's a signature that's a period on the end of the movie you will never see that character again yeah, yeah. and no, i could have been totally wrong but it was like it felt so nuts to me that people were like not understanding how this no, sometimes works no, no yeah no and, like, and
0: and i'm not blind to that like i yeah. knew that she wouldn't probably be like the most active character in the movie but it just but also, the, the there are so many
2: new characters, and she doesn't yeah. get a thing, then I I, I totally agree you yeah. kind of could and should have a thing. Feels- Luke, Luke catches the lightsaber and says, that's no way to treat a weapon. That's that. But also, counter-argument, that's his arc. Yeah. So, like, what else? Are you, are you going to not have him say it's... You know, it's it's kind of a weird, like, yes, it feels very... It feels kind of ugly in the way that you hang on it, like a marvel sort of thing. You hang on him, and he's like, now, now, or whatever. But uh, you do have the whole last movie that basically puts him, that makes that a very easy first line yeah, well, for no, him yeah, to...
0: I mean, he he completed an arc in Last Jedi, so, like, so that, that moment didn't bother that me at is, all. But, you yeah. know, Don't Hailed, hailed is like,
2: one of the many, like, F.U. Ryan Johnson things when it's yeah. like, well, maybe if it wasn't, that's... It it's still in keeping with what he did. It's kind of both, maybe. It's, it, it's, a, it's a bit it, of a wink and it's a gray still area. current Luke.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a gray area for that whole situation. But like, uh, you know, I don't know. Again, it's Star Wars. It's it's a fun space movie. I had fun space adventures with my friends. Brad,
1: you wanted to say something?
3: I was going to. I, I I feel like as a filmmaker, it would be insulting if someone did like that to me because that was the first part of Last Jedi that was like, oh, this is going to be different because like when Luke throws that lightsaber away. So for him to directly put that line of like, you need to respect this weapon, and then as soon as he sits down next to her and says like, uh, sh- she's like, didn't you tell me all this stuff? He's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I was wrong. It's like I understand he like once Yoda talked to him, he kind of re- realized the errors of his ways. But for uh, him to recycle that and like reinforce it in the third movie, it feels feels like he was apologizing for Ryan Johnson when mm. Ryan wasn't asking for an apology. Mm. Um, so I, I understand like, that too. Like it doesn't a,
2: help that they give him 30 seconds to do it so you hang on the four lines he says and speaking of 30 seconds like this movie is really
3: rushed like the pacing of this movie is so fast Um, I think there's a longer cut of this where scenes were taken out because there's really no like the great thing about Force Awakens is like in that early part where we meet Ray it's like this long quiet um, you know you're just kind of there's no dialogue it's just like you're just watching her exist and like getting to know her that way this movie has no time for anyone to kind of sit and reflect Um
2: that's why this is the first kind of like two and three-ish to me a bit, but maybe least of all feels the least like a Star Wars movie that's, to me. That's, this not, was, that's not unfair. This was like, oh, oh, do you oh, God. Any, do you remember oh any like wipes? Yeah, they're everywhere. In this movie? Uh-huh. Oh, uh, man, I totally didn't notice. It didn't
0: feel like that because the editing's very
2: quick. It's easy to lose them, but I'd argue that it's easy to lose, like, all of it. Like, wait, how did I get here? Where were we a second but ago? You know, it's oh, know badass wait.
1: part? Is when Ray grabs a fucking uh, transporting thing out of
2: midair. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that's mm-hmm. so badass. Yeah. I
1: heard that Pete. whole that whole scene where she, you know, is running and she chops down Kyla, I fucking love and it. And
2: then uh, and then they're like, Ray, let's go. There's this moment, this like ten second moment where there's like Kyla's there with her, mm-hmm. she just thinks she blew up Chewy. They're yelling at her, the first order's coming, and it's mixed yeah. in a certain way where it's like you could feel a dire- somebody steering the ship saying, This is this moment is anxiety. This is mm-hmm. she's got eight options, like what is she gonna do when she's got a second to make that decision? It had that for a brief moment there. And then they say, "Ray, let's go. And she saunters off. And Kylo Ren's like, all right, bye then. I'll just follow you to the next planet. <laughs> but he's like, what does he... Th- that? Th- and then I spend f- three minutes wrapping my head around that during the movie. And I missed the next eight plot points. Because I'm like, wait, the, the Kylo Ren just... Let he just said let, okay bye. <laughs> <laughs> he's just standing there right next to her, and she just like he, he just, just kind of tired and sad, and is like, "All right, Finn, I'll, I'll go and just leave." Also, her. after
3: Rey uh, stabs him and he's left on that planet, um, uh, watching the second time because you said like, "Oh, he got to Exegol in his own ship," um, and we saw it land. But the second time I watched it, he that just appears on fighter. Exegol like she stole his TIE fighter. Mm. He must have got some other ship. And oh, no, there.
2: He, no. He has an original trilogy TIE fighter that he pulls from the Death Star, apparently, or something. He lands in the shot where you see him running towards... She took uh, the X-Wing. She took to the X-Wing, Eagle. yeah. And then when he's when he arrives right before she's about to do the Palpatine sacrifice, just the X-wing. He that appears. Shot? No, in that shot, yeah, it's the X-wing, and then it rack focuses to him. And then the very next shot is him sprinting away from the ships, and it rack focuses to the old X-wing and an old Tie fighter. It, I promise. I was watching for it. I don't remember seeing that at all. <laughs> it's it's just okay. this like picture, like postcard image of look original trilogy x-wing, original trilogy tie fighter just sitting there that apparently he pulled from the the depths of wherever. I mean, he has the same tie fighter that she blows up on the desert like 5 seconds later when he shows up on the on the bridge. They go to Kijimi right after that and then he just flies into that hangar with like the same tie fighter. Uh <laughs> it's
1: a Boeing tie fighter. He yeah, I mean, together with the force. It would um, be
2: nice for if we could feel for like a second that any of the things that happen
0: like I gonna, matter. I was gonna say really quick, Ryan. It was a Boeing ones that had to be recalled. <laughs> well, it crashed, right? Yeah, so. exactly. Um, uh, really quickly on Palpatine though, um I mean like my his involvement to me is like, okay, it's cool, right on, we're bringing the Emperor back. The way JJ shoots him, uh in certain scenes prior to the um uh to when he gets fully restored by taking their force powers, he's kind of shot like a hammer horror villain. Like if they were able yeah. to have a bigger budget, and I was really digging it. Like the look uh, of it, it's looked definitely a awesome. horror film yeah. vibe to it. And his, and also his like he's kind of has a zombie kind of vibe going because yeah. he's technically the undead at this point. Yeah.
2: But uh, Palpatine is probably all of my favorite stuff in the movie. Uh, removed from the from a lot of like plot. And this and that, but like being being there with him and letting him do his army emperor thing is at least the the the, probably my favorite part. I mean, he didn't say my favorite line. He
0: didn't say my favorite line, which is unlimited power. But whatever, do it, (laughs) do it, do it. Um Lord Vader. But I've,
2: I've always had like a, a weird, silly fascination with the character, like a love hate sort of like look at look at Ian McDermott just really doing like big evil. Yeah. So like kind of silly and um there's just something about it that I kind of enjoy, even though, you know but yeah, well I am Iron Man isn't necessarily my favorite like scene in the movie, but <laughs> um being there in that room, in that space with him doing evil, talking things, yeah. um, which actually like, sounds really I could good. I kind <laughs> of follow it uh, compared to most of what else was going on. Yeah. And also
0: that finale uh stars, star fight sequence is pretty fucking cool. And I did confirm that the older guy in one of the ships is in fact, wedge. the original wedge Antilles. Yeah. Yes. Is it yeah. the guy that says good job Lando? uh or yeah. i i no, don't know he's, he's x wing no he's in the x wing and he's like saying like he's he's uh uh calling in like with his with his call sign i believe but okay. i did not hear the call sign so. maybe
2: you guys can help me with a particular part and if there's no answer um i completely understand um no there is so no so the gun. fleet <laughs> the fleet will skip past like the the imperial fleet that's maybe it's powered by the emperor's the Emperor is the one shooting the lasers at the planets with this force... I'm not... We'll try to skip that. And wherever the fleet came from... And are there people on those ships? Actually, hold on. Sorry. Richard I'm, E. Grant's I'm creating a... Is he in... Yeah, those? he's, he's got to be in one of them. Yeah. yeah. He's, well, he's in the, no, the he main one. But he starts somewhere else, doesn't he? Yeah, but he gets there... Okay. That's after part he, of this after, question. After he shoots... Uh, <laughs> that's part the, of this question. <laughs> yeah, go um, ahead. Go ahead. I... Okay, so... The beginning of the movie, the fleet comes up, and it's dormant, and it can't go anywhere because most of the time with the Exegol stuff, I'm generally confused because, like, if they use the Wayfinder to get there once, apparently that's enough, and you don't ever need it again, or you can just... There were were times where back and forth... I didn't feel that it was an impossible place to get to most of the time. Yeah. They would just cut to a shot of red stuff, and then you're just, like, there. So I didn't really... I was confused about that a little, but... So the fleet... The fleet has to leave with the signal or whatever, but the whole thing is that it can't go anywhere, right? Yeah, it can't navigate out of the atmosphere without. So, how does. Like, when it just smash cuts to Kajimi exploding and then away from exploding, like, within 30 seconds, where did that ship. How did that happen in the movie's logic? Like, did I miss a piece before or after? No, they just.
3: One of the worst delivered things for what's-his-name, uh, Oscar Isaac and Dominic Monaghan, they're walking around the rebel base, whatever, and they're just spouting an ex- exposition of, like, like... Of course it is. Oh, of course they all have a laser cannons that can blow up planets embedded in Star Destroyers now. It's just like... It's like he's telling the audience, here's the thing you have to accept for this finale to work.
2: But then, so that's one of the
3: Exegol Star Destroyers? It's not one of the Exegol ones, but apparently some of those Star Destroyers have already gotten away from Exegol and... There's starter Destroyers outside Exegol that have those cannons. That's
2: what blew up Kajimi, and those are the ones that are falling at the end of the movie, like Cloud City. And I don't really understand how they're off Exegol or not on Exegol. I just it it, like I've seen it. I've seen it twice. It's not. I'm I'm still. Yeah, like half watched it the second time. Like I'm.
3: It's either part of the longer cut that I'm alluding to, or it's just not explained because they're in both places.
2: Yeah, I I never thought about I it. I couldn't follow those stakes, mm. like, at all. So I was leaning on the Emperor big time, and I was like, I was into that, and I was understanding that a bit. Mm. Um, but so all that, the plan of, like, the ships and the fleet, and it almost made more sense to me, like, in the leaks, seriously. If you guys want, I'll happily <laughs> send you... There's a, there was a detailed list of here's what it was, and here's what it now is. And mm. every single thing on the here's what it now is is 100% accurate. Um there's explain more of what um
3: Finn was trying to tell Ray cuz it never goes resolved I, in the movie, but someone told me he was just he just wanted to tell her that he's force sensitive. That's
2: what I well so the very first thing uh, anyone said I think it was Jesse or uh my friend Andrew somebody that was the first thing somebody said as we were leaving the theater. What did he want to tell Ray? And I was like, "Oh, I assumed he wanted to just tell him, tell her that he could feel the force." But I okay. guess that's a hot but that's not in the were you're talking that. about? Um, no, no. Uh, uh, yeah, see in he- fact, uh, there was just that was always just Finn is Force-sensitive. And you can tell because he feels Rey when she's dying. Here's the thing. Kylo originally went off the cliff, and she killed the Emperor and didn't die. And that was the last you ever saw of Kylo, and she just walked away from that. And four months ago or whatever, they reshot that to have him come up the cliff. And between the two things, honestly, I think I prefer what they did. I don't know what that's saying. Yeah. Um well uh, if it's
3: like I was going to say too like this movie is so much return of the jedi and then like 10% of every other movie uh, for sure. So f- they would have to recreate that scene where Luke is like holding Vader and trying to get him into the shuttlecraft. And that's kind of what the ray thing is like, like them pushing the force through each other. Yeah.
0: As for the as for the question thing, um th- there is technically a revelation for that question when f- uh Finn is talking to the gal um On the Endor planet, uh, uh, Exegol, uh, when he's talking about, like, I've always kind of been feeling the force and somewhat that 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 exchange inside one of the ships.
2: Oh, they're in the Falcon when he says a feeling?
0: Yeah, exactly. But there's no connecting tissue or or delivery that suggests that that's the question that he's been trying to tell Ray. No, it's not. So, in a sense, it technically goes unanswered. Mm-hmm. But I guess J.J. doesn't think that or Chris Terrio doesn't think that or whatever. But
3: you know, it's weird. It's set up twice and then it just never comes back. Yeah, and, I it mean, could have easily been cut out to like not even be a thing.
0: In the second time it's mentioned, it doesn't become important because the most important line in Star Wars history is, I'm the spy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and so here's for two months, uh, I told my friend, my friend Evan and my friend James made me. They're like the two other people I know that were like, I want to know everything. Tell me everything and we'll discuss it. And one of the few things that I would just occasionally, Star Wars would come up and I would just get deflated, like driving in the car with James or Evan or whatever. I'd be like, Richard E. Grant's character kills Hux because he's the spy. And I assumed this whole time. And I was just like, on paper, I'm like, how is that not Kylo Ren? Like, what? Is going on Like mm. why? how is that possible And then I start like Well if they're trying to redeem him
0: Then you've got to put maybe e. You know in when there,
2: I yeah. see the movie And it plays out And the context is all there I'm sure it makes some sense Maybe that they're trying not to have him be that evil X amount of minutes into the movie or something But then I assumed that the spy on paper I'm going in Here's an example of having an expectation Even though I think I don't Even though I know the leaks How it kind of comes back at you a little bit Because then there I am expecting like It's a little bit of a part of the plot that there's a spy sending information. And then, but what do you get? Like, my heart sank. I actually, for some reason, realized I cared about Hux, even though Last Jedi happened or whatever. (laughs) But I was just like, this guy gets these three scenes, and it gets blown away like that. And I just kind of don't understand.
0: I do love that line, though. I don't Um, understand. Yeah, and it's, it's an interesting situation for Hux's character like and I, like I said I love that line I think it's actually a great reveal even though it's like it's one you're absolutely expecting based on the way it's composed and shot mm-hmm. but when it happens it's just a fun like it's just a fun like I can't take I'll it give anymore. it I'll I'm, give it yeah I'll yeah. give it the fun check um but uh for sure yeah and then yeah but yeah, I, and again, like you know, like what's what I've noticed about this entire conversation is like for anything we have a problem with, we we find a way to also love it at the same time. So this is this is a Rorschach of a movie. <laughs>
2: it is. I mean, the, yeah, the the pacing yeah. and it just. Mm-hmm. It could do a lot of the same things if a lot of this stuff was generally peppered throughout the trilogy. If it wanted to do it exactly this way and the whole trilogy was loosely about Palpatine's family that we never met and this and that. There are a million versions of this that I could have generally enjoyed more. I love Star Wars. Uh, I just feel like I've never, not since I was like 15, Revenge of the Sith, that I feel quite so like just deflated every second of whatever like that it opens up and it's a montage and in 30 seconds he's got this cube and then you're here and you're there all the time and every reaction I had naturally to everything was like oh so this I guess this dagger was made after the wreckage of the Death Star and I just kind of for some reason despite being such an apologist and and I still maybe kind of am. I'll love Star Wars forever, um, but I just kind of can't believe mm. it yet. It's at least my knee jerk reaction was like, "Wow, I am so deflated yeah. by most of this. No reverence to anything, and I don't like too much reverence in anything." Right? But like C three P O, R two D two, no last just they get to say the last thing they do is like, "Oh, look," because Ray's landing, yeah, and I am like, "Oh, okay." But, I mean, but, they're not impo- they're uh, okay,
0: but three P O. It's hard for me to. 3PO had the best moments he's ever had in this series. I liked a lot of 3PO in this. In this movie. I did. Anthony Daniels got some wonderful comic moments that are just fantastic. And one of my favorite moments in this movie, hands down, is 3PO already has his memory wiped. And he goes up to R2-D2, R2 and he's introducing himself to R2-D2. And oh, R2-D2's yes. reminding him that he knows him. And he goes like, oh, I think I'd remember if I had a best friend. And I'm like, oh, R2, R2 I know him his best friend. And because he
2: never... Yeah, because they think used that to hate would've. each other. <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> and apparently R2 like, says filthy language all over this series, and we just don't get to hear it. But uh,
2: When my friend James and I, when we when he made me spill all the leaks and whatever, I was like, there's a dagger, and c 3 has to decode it, and they reprogram him, whatever, and uh, he can read the scripture on it. Uh, and then he, he from there, actually becomes like an assassin like robot droid for a while. And uh-huh. that was actually kind of the end of the leaks. Like mm. for 3PO's little thing. And it was a little like, did he or didn't he die, die? It sounds like he died, but he's around, but he said new 3PO. And that he was going to have action scenes. He was going to fight use too he 's bowcaster a few times and stuff like mm. that. And he switched back and forth between that programming, which clearly I think was very much there. All the other reports are basically correct was, 100% of the time. So, And it seems like it was kind of there, yeah. everything around it. I was um, surprised given the memory wipe thing. Like It was a perfect opportunity <coughs> to
3: address the complaint that 3PO didn't remember stuff from the prequels with being built by Anakin. He gets so his memory wiped. By having the memory rebooted, he could have remembered the recent stuff like oh. and address like like had both memories come back. Interesting. Both sets of like mem- yeah. Uh, so-
0: in Revenge of the Sith, um Captain Antilles uh, is told specifically by General Organa to have the protocol droid's memory wiped, mm-hmm. which is why um, he doesn't remember. And uh, well, a deleted like...
2: plot thread of the Blockade Runner that's in the movie, where they initially tried to go back to it somehow, because his initial memory, like to restore him, is in the Blockade Runner. Apparently, mm. that got cut. Okay. So, like, there is there is a little bit of somebody is was I think that was the original restoration plan, or. T- something like that okay. where that blockade that is the blockade runner if you weren't positive from <laughs> the original movie that's mm-hmm. been found dug up and repaired or wh- however that goes okay. like the empire had it last right I mean I guess they just like so. spit yeah. it out well they yeah they probably captured it because that's how they get leia yeah um I never um, released it. But my, my friend, when I was telling him that, my friend immediately goes, Oh, so you mean they're going to have a, Poe's going to have like a line where he's like, You mean the one time we need you to talk, you're not going to talk? And I was like, In the car, I got all like bubbly, like, Yeah, that's a great, like, that'll be, great. if they don't do that, I'll be disappointed. And I could not believe, like, he said it. Literally, to like word for word for word, and then that like that excited me and made me happy that that moment happened, and I like it on paper for three PO. It's a little, yeah, a little acknowledgement of this, some kind of arc. It's not an arc for him, but it it's a play on what we have come to understand, which I think is at least fun. It ad- but then it kind of also made me sink a little bit because I was like, it is at that level though right now, mm. where my friend can just like, and then he'll say this. Because, like, well, yeah, you know, and m- yeah, of more course. often than not, you're right about everything that's going to transpire. And it felt like that. It felt, um, I'm really excited to see it again. And, um, all that said, um, because I've been trying to kind of trick myself into feeling that I'm a lot more, like, magical about it. But, man, if it w- maybe if it just wasn't for the pacing of the whole thing mm-hmm. and all this, like, loosey goosey here and there, if it was, uh, if it, Well, the pacing didn't bother as much the second time around, so you might enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I could see. Yeah.
0: Did you see it a second time around?
1: No. Oh, okay. I I, I. I was going to, um, because Kellen, my son, wants to see it, and he's five. You
3: want to see Jumanji instead?
1: And (laughs) the day we went was Saturday, and it was pretty much sold out, Mm. except for a few seats. And, you know, it's one of those things where he's actually really good in movies now, but I didn't want him to ruin. Uh, something for someone's been waiting forty years to end. Cool. Yeah, I mean he's he's actually really good <laughs> at movies right now, but um, finally I get to watch how it ends
0: forty years later. We're oh, just a kid talking. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, so I'll probably go in a week or so um, before he goes back to school during the midday, and because um, he he really liked Last Jedi. I mean, obviously he doesn't get like smart the kid. Deep, <laughs> deep parts of it, but sure, you know the action in it's awesome, and yeah, um, still probably the best lightsaber
3: fight of the trilogies in that movie
1: yeah and it, you know he so he started watching um the prequels and stuff like that and you know it's it, the prequels are easy for him to get into because they're not as dense as the original trilogy um <laughs> but yeah so
2: <laughs> so do you like do you like uh the last jedi more uh i mean i
1: think i think the last jedi is the best of the new trilogy um and it, yeah i mean to, to me I, I still think empire is just so mythical that when you watch empire again it's 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 not only a great star wars movie it's one of the best movies ever Mm -hmm. and then it it goes last jedi for me then probably a new hope Mm -hmm. um and then maybe uh force awakens return
2: yeah i understand makes
1: clicks
0: i understand I, i generally agree with that although like i for me it's a new hope and I, it's only because sometimes I'm just like, man, like, I could just watch this as its own oh, space yeah, yeah. adventure. That's fine.
2: Don't need the other stuff with it necessarily. It is so beautiful that that movie does, like, 25 minutes of the droids being the vessel. Like, you have the yeah. hook and your inciting incident embedded together. I was going to talk about and that. And then in... the droids are just your vessel into this yeah. world. And it's so it, that's,
0: great. That's the way you believe the world when you first watch Star Wars is like, man, we've got a set with... Thirty minutes of droids, mm-hmm. like maybe a—I mean, uh, obviously Darth Vader and Leia, but there's a majority of that movie where it's just like it's just two droids having comedy routines with each other in the desert, and it's wonderful. No, I agree. Um, but yeah, no. Um, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was thinking of like that same forty-year-old guy who's been waiting for the end of the saga for years. Like in your your kid, maybe accidentally says something a little too loud. He goes, "Excuse me, here Would you tell your child to shut up? I've been waiting forty years for this." <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, going back to your talking about reverence uh, one more thing that does bum me out about this trilogy is that it feels like those characters never really got to fly on their own like Mm. the the Force Awakens sets it up that they're going to have their own adventures but like in Last Jedi you know they're beholden to Luke's story and then by the third one um, Luke and Leia and the Palpatine like they're dragged back down into and I know it's the Skywalker saga saga, but I feel like they could have still
2: honored that saga the antagonist happens to be Something someone new, or like the care you know, Kylo Ren happens to be the character of, of that lineage and everything, and that could be just a wealth of inspiration. And the fact that you have an antagonist character, and and her, she comes from, I think that was always fairly obvious direction that he comes from something kind of good objectively, objectively, I guess, and like she comes is, from something bad. Yeah. But, um, so like that could have been, for the most part, the extent of it. Like it could very much be the Skywalker if they have something to say about Skywalkers still, Kylo Ren's right there. Yeah. Like it didn't, they didn't have to be so bogged down by yeah
3: the other the other trilogies because it never feels like the prequels are really bogged down by a New Hope or um, not the whole the whole thing with a New Hope. Like it just it just connects to it at the end, like it other than like it this one just felt like it's so stuck to that first trilogy. Yeah. Like in, like a thing that was already s- resolved, they just kind of extended it. it. <laughs> they just extended it like yeah. arbitrarily.
2: So, uh so, I mean the prequels I, uh have a three act structure on paper and a story that has some metaphor and some like story and plot that develops gradually that does lead to a conclusion uh, that makes like, for better or for worse, and execution and this and that and the other thing, uh, there's... All of a sudden, I realize that there's two Star Wars trilogies that, like, are a story, and then there's this third trilogy that's, like, these movies that kind of... Like, what what is the story of the sequel trilogy? Well... Because you could say, like, oh, it's identity. Um, that's not really... That's, like, a character thing. I don't know if that's a story that she's got this identity thing that's... I, what's the... Well, yeah, it's really just what's like the. Well, I'll tell you here. Here is something. Your full potential.
0: Here is something that I'll say for this because um, Ryan uh, had mentioned it when we walked out, uh, and I. And one of the, it's a great scene is the final scene of this movie where she accepts that she's going to be a, or she she calls herself Skywalker, mm-hmm. and you know for any problem we have with the movie, and we've just spent a lot of time discussing it. J.J. Abrams was handed a very impossible task. Uh, it certainly would have been super impossible for Colin Trevorrow to do this. Oh, gosh. Um, but you're you're trying to wrap up this trilogy and an entire saga of films that concerns a particular family and an entire franchise. That's why I ultimately say that this movie is really fun to watch and and is a good time and is a good Star Wars movie at the end of the day is because, like... I couldn't have I don't there's a in a way I don't think I could have asked for any better than this because that probably would have been unrealistic Uh, and I got I got the wrap up that I wanted for the most part but as I said I had problems with certain retconning and apologizing for the for the last Jedi but that scene where Luke and Leia are looking at her on the deserts of Tatooine and she just replies I mean it's Ray Skywalker that's that hit me hard enough to make the journey worth it.
2: Um, yeah, that actually that part works for me quite a bit as well. I was always yeah, kind yeah. of on board with that. Well, let me let me ask you all something real real quick. Did you guys ex- think, like, expect that the last Jedi wrapped up her identity arc? Because I try yeah. to get to the bottom of where everybody feels about. No, like, I
1: thought there was going to be more to it, mm-hmm. but I I, I would have just liked them to say, "Yep, you're still nothing." You know,
2: I mean, not um, yeah, not that it's not generally obnoxious that he says to her. I thought because you are you, 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 you aren't anybody. And it's like, well, everybody's nobody guy. Like it's such a talk to speaking of talking to the audience yeah, moment, yeah. like reading threads. That's like a big, what do you mean? I'm nobody. Like, I know I'm nobody. Aren't you no-? like what I figure you,
3: because the first movie, like the force awakens, like that sets up the premise of like the force is, you know, even though at the end of Jedi, you know, they say that like the force is balanced, but really the Jedi are in control or in power ish, like the Jedi have won, So it's really still imbalanced. And that's what the last Jedi kind of says is like, that's not balanced. That's an idea that I really liked. Yeah. uh, So, but the force awakens, uh, you know, it says like the force has become stronger for a very specific reason or it's changing. Um, So waiting through Ray for something to like revolutionary to develop about the force and it really just kind of becomes like, well, it's strong in her because Palpatine was back
2: the whole time and needed a counterbalance. Um, Why wasn't her mom Empress Palpatine? Like, if he created her, I would understand most of how this ties into the... I'm almost looking at this like, hey, we tied this all into the other chapters because it is the last chapter of one book, theoretically. Kind of see like where you address the prequel stuff as a lie if he didn't create her. If he created her, I would sort of also understand why he's like after her. Someone called, but if it's just like some granddaughter, like
3: like some comedian called her parents Doug and Susan Palpatine. I mean, because they're they're so thrown away, but like they're so significant. Yes, they get screen time too. Palpatine's so old in the original trilogy to begin with, so like his son is really young after Return of the Jedi ish. So like where did like, and what point did he like break away from that family like when did what part of uh, he Revenge went on of vacation Sith in he was like this shit's getting crazy, I don't want to be a part of it
2: anymore. I'm gonna take my wife and get out of here. Um, I think I think we should have gotten a movie that just even if it's the last movie we just that's all that the whole time it's all this like. All this, like, uh, here's all the stuff you guys didn't know, and here's all the details about my whole family, and this whole time, and here's a cut to all these other scenes from all the across all the movies at the very end, where, uh, like my son was in the background, like over here, look, and it like zooms (laughs) in, he's like you, you and Luke fighting on the Death Star, my son was back there, and then with Leia, they could just do like, use all that Episode Seven footage that they had, um, and just drop it right in, so she could be like, they could be like, okay, Leia, what's up? And Leia comes in, she says, we really need to take care of Snoke in the in the in Starkiller Base, and they could be like okay, Leia, like, yeah, but that happened. And if that if that was Leia's whole thing, where they just reuse all this Fork away, Force Awakens stuff, and they're, they're like, I don't know, Leia, what do you think? And she's like, we, we really have to, like, get Kylo Ren off of Starkiller Base. And it's like, okay, like, Leia's a little senile since the space thing, where she went out in space <laughs> and whatever, and we're just dead. gonna... Like, they talk so much about how they did such a great job c- combining her into the story that I was almost expecting to just literally see that, like, her always show up and be like the Liam ne- or the, uh the uh oh it's escaping me airplane uh leslie, leslie leslie nielsen yeah just like that kind of character that comes in and is like we really need to do this thing from two years ago and oh, it's like I oh gosh leia i
0: would have loved if leia said i just want to tell you both good luck we're all counting oh, on it you. Been so, <laughs> so good
1: uh, yes i remember i had the lasagna
3: <laughs> sorry i just this randomly popped in my head uh so all Star starters, starters have a star killer base cannon embedded in them now so mm-hmm. they can all destroy planets uh, but early in the movie they're having that callback to episode or to a new hope where they're having the officers meeting um, and Kylo like throws that guy in the, into the ceiling uh, but one of the conversations with Hux and the new the G- General Pride is um, General Pride makes a comment of like yeah Star Killer base that failure um, what a waste of you know our resources and stuff and Hux is kind of like sneers it off but Pride is pretty excited about all these Star <laughs> yeah. K- Killer base yeah. cannons embedded in them
0: uh, he it, he's from the old school of the empire where my idea is better than the other one like every
3: admiral that it was better because it wasn't a planet it was just <laughs> no,
0: no every 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 admiral that vader kills in empire they all have their own agendas their own ideas so then when one dies like they're scared but they're also like yes my turn to shine so like it, you know there's a little pride within the empire
4: you know
3: um another thing too uh, i remembered is uh when the Falcon shows up and Finn jumps out on the platform to grab Rey as she jumps out of the force field from the Star Destroyer. And uh, I didn't see the oxygen mask, so Mm -hmm. the first time around, I'm like, how is he breathing in space? They're Um, like
2: upper atmosphere, right, or something? No, they're in space. Mm -hmm.
3: Um, But you explained it like, oh, he's got the oxygen mask. And like, you're right, he does. But also, it's space. Like, why isn't he freezing?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Special space.
3: Uh, But if he's force-attuned like Leia, I guess he can
2: avoid being frozen. I thought he was... I thought for some reason when the Falcon tears off, you could see that they're—it's black. You could see stars. skylight yeah. and things like that.
0: You, you know what? It's a—it's a space that was a long time ago yep, in a galaxy right. far, far <laughs> away. <That is> right. <laughs> the universe wasn't
3: as cold back then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty
0: pretty tepid, like lukewarm.
3: Lukewarm. Uh, ah. yeah. yep. uh But I will say one cool thing is uh, for setting up all that force transfer stuff, um, having her pass the lightsaber to Kylo Ren at the end
2: pretty badass moment yeah yeah i like all the force connection stuff between them
0: yeah yeah it looks cool too like he's really well shot and lando
2: lando Sad gets s- the last line before it fades to black i mean before the epilogue basically, yeah before, whatever <laughs> that he gets the last exchange it's, it's, it's just well, let's find out. Let's,
0: mm-hmm. find out let's find out dude doesn't, ma- doesn't matter that he wasn't in it that much smoothest motherfucker in the galaxy mm-hmm. still to this day.
2: Drink Colt 45.
0: Oh, God. If he had had a Colt 45 in his hands, it would
2: have been a complete... I think they cut that, too. And then also, mm-hmm. he
0: could have turned into Harvey Dent at the end of the movie. It would have been
2: fantastic. That's the last moment of the nine... We now have... We now have The world has all nine Star Wars movies. Yeah, Those nine Star Wars. And the last moment before an epilogue, basically, is Lando talking to... Some character's name I don't know, Jana. Jenna. Janna, yeah. Uh, and saying, "Let's find out." Like that's 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 it. There's that's a, may, if that's maybe my review of the Rise of Skywalker is that the last exchange is that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's my review. Let's yeah. find it's out like, who you are. Oh, uh, let's find like out. Uh, and that is her father. Oops. Like that. That's was shot. That was cut. Uh, 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 but I figured that that is. I figured um, maybe her, his daughter his daughter was taken by, and that's kind of, he ended up on Pasana for a while mm. after some stuff went down and yeah. kind of lifted that. Had his
0: own pain, but again, it just... But, but hey.
2: 3PO says, 3PO says, look, it's Ray. But thank goodness we get three minutes of Dio getting his wheel greased and uh, is Lando that, saying, let's find out. Is like,
0: D, is Dio the JJ bot? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I like JJ bot. JJ bot's fun.
2: Yeah. I, if, it, if it didn't take minutes away from a... Uh, you know, from a rush to movie, <laughs> I was like, "We don't have these three minutes." It's cute and fun, and it's a. Someone said they throwaway were throwaway like, concept art from BB Eight. Someone said they were traumatized by the idea that there's a robot
3: that is so tra- like so traumatized by his time with uh, like whoever's on that ship that like he can't be touched. He can't even. write <laughs> I mean,
2: I just, you know, I like that aspect of it. Did yeah. did
3: do do anything? Uh, they plugged him in, and they found out something. Okay, what it was? Okay, because
0: he was on the ship with the Jedi hunter that was going after. Oh, Rubio. I think he had to Dr-
3: directions to Exegol. Yeah, like he was another way. He was basically another Wayfinder. So, but then Ray transmitted her own stuff so they could find him. Yeah, I remember? Yeah, and wasn't
2: Bulio looking for the Wayfinder and didn't find it? He died. Who? What? Uh, Bulio the name of the. I think. I think the name oh, of the, the character name. that was on the ship. The The Jedi hunter. Oh, the yeah. Lobot. yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
3: yeah Yeah. uh no i think it was a different name but yeah um what's
2: wrong nothing
3: oh you're looking at the board like it was
2: no 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 yeah but so like i feel like uh so i went uh to each film with about 30 folks and we like go to the same theater and it's kind of an event thing that we do with everybody um and uh i feel like the moment though was was still magical like i feel like everybody kind of walked out my the whole group nobody really wanted to hang out afterwards and everybody was kind of like it was a weirdly people seemed depressed and mm. it was kind of a weird that was that was kind of my theater experience and a, a few people really liked it and i feel like i was one of the people that actually liked it the most mm. um whereas like i i still like i if i would want to end this on any note it's that star wars means a lot to me in, in a just, I expect, I, I enjoy how silly and easy and fun yeah. it is. I don't, um, don't think I take it super seriously. I really just hope that each one of these okay. stands on their own and is a decent, enjoyable movie. Um, but there was something equally emotional. Maybe if everybody didn't love it, but I think there was maybe an added effect of like, even us as a group, we go get dinner and we do this event movie night and it's the last one. And like, I, my dad was nine when he saw A New Hope. And I was nine when Phantom Menace came out and my dad and I just, I'm just turning 30 and he he just turned 50 and we both just went and saw the last Star Wars movie, you know? So it was like a really, no matter what, everyone's everyone's always gonna, this is, these last two movies especially, people are just gonna go nuts about regardless. But there was a moment to be had. Yeah. And um, I think I'm still like pro Star Wars enough to be like, I'm glad we got, these new star wars movies and they were mm-hmm. fun enough and still better than phantom menace and clone wars so mm-hmm. yeah i mean i still uh yeah. i didn't spend enough time talking about things that made me happy or whatever but i've just i'm just in such a state of shock that i feel like how people felt like after last jedi yeah. that i didn't quite experience as intensely mm-hmm. and i was like well it's mm-hmm. it's still this and it's still that and i enjoyed this and that about it. i wasn't i wasn't uh like so sh- shook up but for some reason this one got me yeah.
4: yeah
3: i i don't hate it i'm just like not impressed you know like i was like force awakens i was like this is badass yeah same um, i just love even though force it's awakens. so much a new hope but still it's like i'm having a lot of fun with this movie and just last jedi i enjoyed a lot too but there was some like the mary poppins lay i was like eh, okay i guess i have to accept this it, it seems goofy but i'll go with it and then this one very felt very much felt like you know they had a lot to work like work with and pare down and like try to find that a lot of it was just like,
2: uh, I don't know. I think there's a better just like three-hour movie yeah, that we'd better, all accept
1: it better no, if it, could've it was been better just in places. longer. Yeah. I, I liked it. Like I said, mm-hmm. you know, I I feel the same way about Spider-Man movies. No matter how much people don't like them, they'll always be awesome to me. Yeah. Th- th- that will never change. I I mean, I I loved Amazing Spider-Man 2. Is there some of like plot that's way too much in it It's yeah, way down? Oh, yeah. But at the end of the day, I see Spider-Man fight Electro and then fight the Green Goblin. I don't think really people care. are
2: a little too hard on both of those movies. I think so. And too. I mean, I love. I mostly share with all things in life. I want to say that I generally share that outlook. Yeah. That I also went and saw every Spider-Man movie, and some are, I enjoy more than others. Yeah. But even I don't like every Turtles movie. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you
1: don't have to. But you know what? My point is that.
2: It's okay to like things. It's okay to
1: like things. And if, <laughs> if, if it means a lot to you, you'll never convince me that I won't have fun in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, right. I mean, there'll always be a moment where I go, Oh, remember an amazing Spider-Man two, where he was saving those people with his spider sense in Times square. That scene is amazing. Yeah, Literally. That's- and it's, uh, but and the same thing with you know, this rise of Skywalker. I, I think the expectations of closing a, um, of a, a film franchise over 40 years it's so weighed down, and your expectations are so high. That's so daunting.
2: It's daunting. So what? Yeah. W-
1: what do you do? You you make a, a story about a young woman who becomes the greatest Jedi ever and takes the name of Skywalker, where Skywalker's always going to live on. Yeah. Um, and it, to me, that's that's good. That 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 makes yeah. me happy.
0: Yeah, I mean, like to to add on to that, like you like, I mean, I'm a big Halloween fan. There are bad Halloween movies. We've talked about them several times, Mr. Mister Frost and I have. And uh, But there are things about like Halloween 6 that I love or Halloween 8 like has some moments that I like. Like At the end of the day, I, I like the thing that I like enough to just kind of look past stuff yeah. at times to just enjoy myself. Star Wars is the same. I don't love the prequels,
1: but I can watch them. I did it last yeah. week or two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, so, you can always point to things. I mean, yeah. I still think whatever, Phantom Menace is an okay movie, but I can sit and watch the pod racing scene and the, the last lightsaber battle and be like, this is a dope movie. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you get past that stuff. And,
0: and we can all agree, the really worst Star Wars movie ever was Caravan of Courage, um, <laughs> the Ewoks. Now that,
1: Wilford Brimley shouldn't be in Star Wars, guys. Yeah. But. Awesome. Uh, I hope you, everyone enjoyed our like hour and a half long review of... Star, uh, Wars. It, Star Wars. It's no, yeah, no, no, Star Wars. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, yeah. I'm saying I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm um, not going to be now, doing another one for a while. Yeah. Um, so we'll start uh, the rest of the show in a segment I like to call Going Around Town with Brad.
3: This week, the Midnight the Esquire is The Room and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, so that happens every month. So um, that was expected. But the following week, uh, I drew a blank. Is Roger Rabbit? Is it Roger Rabbit? Yeah. It's Roger Rabbit, so I'll be there, uh, and you should too. I fucking it's love the
1: weasels. Yep. Uh, I think I'm the only person that that's my favorite character in that those films. Like, I to, love the fucking weasels. Time
4: to kill the
1: rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, did I say it last week? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can do it again. Yeah. Oh uh, well, my favorite scene is um, uh, Valiant's holding Roger Rabbit under the water, and the really cool weasel comes in. He says, "Step out of line, oh yeah, and, and we'll hang you <laughs> and your laundry out." I just love And when you watch The making of Roger Rabbit How they do that scene Is freaking amazing Yep And um, Yeah That movie's awesome There's a there's And a creepy lot. there's and a- awesome
2: oh, It's so creepy and Is lovely. it
1: right. Oh and Judge Doom Fucking like no, k- Reveals Jim himself i talking about When he's in like Toon land And uh, she's like I love you, Addie. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ! Reminds me of my aunt Terry. Oh, <laughs> man, <laughs> you love a boy. I was
0: thinking about a line in that movie the other day. Um, uh, when uh, Roger Freeze, I think it's Jessica, and he's has the gun at the weasels, and he's going like, "Why?" Well, like, the meaning of uh, the meaning of the word probably hits you like a ton of bricks, and then a bunch of bricks lands on him. Yeah, this great. The song. timing's wonderful in yeah. that movie.
1: Robert Zemeckis is a hell of a filmmaker. I don't know if you guys know this. Oh yeah. Um, In a yep. pre CGI world, yeah, oh, no, that movie's yeah. F-
3: stunning. Um, yeah, and then uh, the bug is uh, the last weekend of uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians is uh, this weekend, so check that out. It's a lot of fun. I'm going to go see it again just to see how much the pro- the f- the play has changed since they first started it because you know it's a lot. Oh of yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, opening day versus closing day. see so, oh, yeah. how you know, The actors yeah. have grown. found their voices. Yeah, should be fun. So. Check that out. It's like twenty bucks, but that's not bad
4: uh,
1: for a play. That's really kind of or no, it's twenty
3: five. But if you order online, it's twenty. That's reasonable for a play. Yeah, and you're helping out
1: the local theater scene, local theater scene. Yep, and that's what's going on going on around town. Cool. Hollywood is calling in a segment we call movie news. (laughs) It's real news.
3: Hey, I get to do it this week. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so no
1: lame
0: jokes from Zach. Mm-hmm. Great day. Nope. Just lame commentary by Zach.
3: <laughs> I think we uh, we said earlier, uh, Cats uh, was released and unfinished yeah. apparently. So Ooh, claws Universal out. is going to, much like a video game, download a patch to digital projectors and, <laughs> with updated effects. So uh, if you're going out to see it and you want to see the original cut, watch for Judy Dench's hand uh, in one of the shots. Uh, her hand will be exposed. will have her wedding ring on it. It should have fur on it. If it's Mm -hmm. the new one, if it's the old one, it's still a human hand. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So...
2: are we going to be able to see? Like, are they going to wipe out the? Because I'm not. Yeah. Really, now I'm suddenly not at all like Sonic. I'm not at all interested in seeing the fix. I want to see the original. Yeah. How it was that shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't exist. It shouldn't be able to do that. You but, you know all right.
0: when we, we I mean we should be glad we're getting this new version because when the when it was first released we didn't have the technology to change the visual effects. are well, absolutely now do,
1: right? bizarre that Universal says you no. Know, it's only made six million dollars as a hundred and fifty million dollar production. Let's put more money into it. Yeah, curious really, really unusual thing to do yeah. because they really really think it could
0: still be an exploitable property that could have legs like the greatest showman I mean, did well,
1: I, I mean the greatest showman i mean that one's uh, that's such million an eight million an it went on to 170 that yeah
0: so. that's what they're betting on though and it's mm. not gonna happen
1: um i mean say what you want about pt barnum at least the greatest Showman's kind of a fun movie
0: yeah no that that's the thing like that movie works like i mean cats and like also people freaking out about the cats visual effects i realize like Cats has always been fucking weird.
1: You know, are you gonna have them wear leotards? Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean that'd be interesting. Like, it would be to be an art house piece. It wouldn't be like
1: yeah, well, cats a the musicals garbage anyway. Yeah,
0: exactly. We learned that in Jersey Girl. But I was um. like, if you're gonna make a
3: CGI enhanced version of cats, like, why would you make them so humanoid? Oh yeah, why
1: don't you make them cats?
3: Make them cats with the, like
1: like with the fucking Lion King. Yeah, like, why aren't you
3: making movies, Brad, in Hollywood? I'm trying. Um, but I'm guessing with the holiday, the the improved cut. Well, the improved cut. In quotes, the special edition. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to see the original. I'm, I, I don't know if it'll like if you you probably have like two or three more days before like I'm guessing mm-hmm. everyone comes back to work on Wednesday at Hollywood. This uh, is all the Star uh, the Wars flashbacks. So I think that's when right. the download will happen. If it and if it has happened already, then
2: I want the despecialized edition of Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, the current Harmony cut. <laughs> um.
3: So yeah, that's cats. Can't um, wait for the
0: Blu-ray cut where they all get turned into Smurfs. <laughs>
3: see what else there's so, there's so much Star Wars news here. <laughs> I'm trying to like skip over um,
1: big news Star Wars
0: didn't make as much
1: money as the Star other two. Wars do you remember when you used to make a hundred million dollars in a weekend and it was awesome now people present $178 million yeah, right. Right. Remember
0: when Iron Man's overall box office was like fucking bananas? The first one. I'm talking like oh, the first 308 one. $308 That's That's still a lot of money for two thousand. tons of money. Now,
3: now your benchmark's $800 million. Yeah. Uh The new Mutants trailer is coming in January so it, the actual whole movie might still be coming out.
1: April. <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh. I mean, I know why you wouldn't release it if it's done. Who fucking cares? I
0: just felt like maybe they would try to shelve that because of how Dark Phoenix was re- received, and it's you know it's it's Disney unloading the last of their Fox carryover. So yeah.
1: might as well. I mean, they've already put a hundred million dollars in it. Just put it out. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, because they, they can write it off as a loss at the end of the day.
3: The yeah. last thing I have is Greg Daniels has an idea for an Office reboot, Sweet. and the cast is mixed on returning. So we'll see how that goes. I for one am. Uh, if you're going to do a reboot, just make it all new stuff.
1: Yep. Don't ask them to come back. Yep. I mean, can, I mean, the, the title alone, The Office, you just put a bunch of new people in it. It doesn't matter. Yeah,
3: it could just be... We could be in The Office. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. Dunder Mifflin's completely closed by now in the oh, real yeah. world. <laughs> <laughs> um, it could be an office in a different kind of company with other completely new characters. You know, it's funny you say
1: that. I, I watched, uh, just because every once in a while, I just put it on because it's an easy thing to watch. And, you know, the episode where I, I, I cry every time Is when uh, Michael goes to Pam's uh, art show, and it's uh, I cry every time when he tells her how great her art is. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I love it.
3: It's funny when uh, Roy is just like, Pam has, your art's the best art of all the art. It's the most pretty (laughs) art.
1: Isn't it cool that I came? (laughs) I think that's an actual line. See?
3: See? I'm doing boyfriend stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it for news.
1: Awesome. I don't think there's very many Blu-rays coming out this week, but, hey, let's talk about them.
0: DVD releases and Blu-rays.
1: Because Christmas Eve is tomorrow, and I don't – it's where they have uh, – you know, I still collect comic books, and they have comics that are coming out on Christmas Day. I said, hmm, are people actually going to – is Comic Store actually going to be open on Christmas Day? That would be amazing. Santa's. then I could Santa's cri- I working, working on Christmas who cares you are working are on you? Christmas oh yeah Oh,
0: oh that, that sucks.
1: sucks well someone has to be a cop
0: oh sorry um, <laughs> somebody does have to be a cop <laughs> yeah hey Ryan yeah. guess what <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> um, actually I will go through uh, it, it looks as if Judy uh, the Judy Garland biopic is releasing um, but stay tuned that might be a uh, blu-ray.com error Uh Uh, But there's a lot of anime, and I'm gonna read all the names. Giant Robo. Uh, Oh, actually, no. Batman Beyond is getting an alternate release. It must be like a non
1: uh, limited edition one. The
0: non Funko. Yeah, I saw that in
1: Target already, so it's Uh, out. How much is that one?
3: It's still like seventy bucks. Oh,
0: who cares? (laughs) Um, And then, um, sorry, my throat. Uh, the gallows Tick the dick out of it. Oh, ooh. oh boy! Uh, and then the gallows, Act Two, which I guess is a sequel to the gallows, uh, a movie that I did not see from Blumhouse,
3: uh, but cool. Uh, I saw that at the drive-in. And uh, yeah, there's, years years a, there's a there's <laughs> a
0: weird 1995 movie called Chloroformed, and it's a, a more like Boraform. No, it's a picture of a woman who looks yeah, like she's passed out. So said. that looks creepy. Um, and then uh, something called the Kill Team uh, with Alexander Skarsgard. Uh, adopt a Highway with Ethan Hawke. Uh, He's still alive. Yeah, no, he is. He's making things.
3: Just kidding. I don't know if you know this. He has a daughter.
0: Who's I mean, in Stranger Things.
1: Uh, he, I mean, he did make uh, Daybreakers. He did. He was in Sinister, which you love. Uh, he is in Sinister. First a Re- great movie. First Reformed. Watch First Reformed. Hmm. Um And
0: then, but today, today we saw the release of something called Bloodstalkers, and the tagline is "There is no escape." So if you want to know if they could actually possibly escape, watch Bloodstalkers from 1976. Um, I'm actually curious about this. This is Garage House Pictures. This is you've never bought anybody anything from this company, right? Mm-mm, okay. Never heard of it. Um, yeah. It uh, two tour, two tourists in Florida are attacked by a chilling group of backwood psychopaths. So it sounds like every 70s West Craven wrong movie. turn,
1: the prequel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Liza Dushku.
0: <laughs> Wrong Turn 2's not terrible right. <laughs> First fine. one's fun Yeah uh, Anyway, that's Blu-rays
1: We watch films and or TV throughout the week In a segment I call What You Been Watching
0: So, uh, yeah This is the stuff we've been watching
1: Alex, did you come prepared With what you've been watching? Oh, boy, what have I been watching?
2: It's actually been a good uh, week or so Compared to usual Uh... Some marriage story some parasite that too. marriage is um,
1: good, I like Noah Bombach. yeah,
2: um, I thought it was really i i love the uh the bureaucratic, crazy nonsense surrounding you know divorce, yeah. in general, I thought it was funny and tragic, oh yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Um, yeah, parasite, uh, what else um I've watched this. I've been really bad about shows in general. Like, I think I've maybe only ever seen Breaking Bad all the way through. As like <laughs> any show ever. I, I uh, but like I just kind of Game of Thrones a little bit, and I watched this show, uh, The End of the Fucking World, hmm. um, and kind of just like binged that whole first season of that, and actually thought that was kind of uh, something to that. Enjoy that. Have you heard of it? Yeah. No. Yeah, I have. I've the, heard about it. I watched it. Yeah, um, the
0: guy who uh, created it is rebooting Power Rangers
2: oh boy yeah <laughs> okay okay um yeah that's about roughly it for me i think okay
0: oh. zach uh watched a couple things uh that's my new catchphrase guys so is uh, it new? Not... yeah it's, it's my it's my awesome catchphrase i uh, rewatched all the remaining star wars leading up to star wars rise of skywalker uh, last jedi still a fucking amazing uh i really had fun uh with Jedi this time, Return of the Jedi this time around. Um, out of um, that's a fun movie. Yeah, and then uh, New Hope, because I know that movie so well. Back and forth, there was a certain point where I was just kind of like reciting the lines when I could walk away and like, you know, like you know get get laundry done or something, like mm-hmm. take a load out. I'm just like, what the you're looking for? And I'm, and then logo? sure enough, I'm queued up along with the movie. <laughs> nice. So, um, but uh, yeah, so that was uh, fun. I was able to uh catch up prior to uh everything going on. Um I uh I watched a a couple movies for the um Hitchcock uh uh binge again because I uh I did end up recording a new Shamley silhouette uh a couple days ago and it will be uh I believe this will be the return episode but it won't be around for a little while because um, I still got to do yours and Aaron's upcoming ones. Um, But the two films that I watched in preparation for that episode um, were Torn Curtain and Jamaica Inn. Um, You'll get to hear way more about them in the episode. But So Torn Curtain, Brian, not a great Hitchcock movie. It's kind of a paint-by-numbers form. But you want to watch Paul Newman and Julie Julie Andrews in bed? That's your movie. That's two good-looking mm-hmm. people in bed together in the opening scene.
1: I do like Julie Andrews. Yeah. In fact, I was listening to the Mary Poppins soundtrack. Is that weird when I was driving out? No, no. <laughs> Absolutely. That was I totally was I think that's listening re- to Mary Poppins when I was driving I th- out. I think it's required by state law to be doing that. Um, yeah. but, uh, when I drive home, I'll probably listen to Mary Poppins Returns. Can you imagine that?
0: <laughs> I love that song. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I hadn't watched it, Torn the Curtain, in a while, and it's, uh, I, I mean, like, no, going as intricately as i have been into hitchcock for a while like torn curtain did feel a little disappointing but it's still a good fun movie to watch uh jamaica Inn, uh if you haven't watched that ryan at all like within a um uh a bargain bin situation like a bargain bin hitchcock collection whatever go ahead and try checking that out on amazon prime uh cohen media did a 4k restoration it's a charles lawton starring film and uh he dominates that movie and that's kind of why it's not a really great hitchcock movie cuz he's hogging a lot of the camera scenes so or the scenes in the camera so um and uh, but you'll get to hear a little bit more about it on the next shamley silhouette where we'll be talking about those two films and the movie topaz uh which I seem to be the lone defender of and I don't even love the movie. So, um and then um other than that the last thing I watched was uh, I rewatched Sergeant York with Gary Cooper, uh directed by Howard Hawks. Uh still a really good movie. Uh really solid movie. It's not the best Howard Hawks movie, but it's certainly not the worst and it probably is among his if I'm being objective it is amongst his best films, but I being personal, I'd prefer um, uh, to have and have not. Uh, but uh, if you've never seen it, it's about a guy who's a conscientious objector during World War One, gets drafted anyway, and has to be convinced to fight for his country. And uh, it was made at a time when people were trying to get the word out about the threat of Nazis in Europe, and there was a lot of issue with that in this country because we were a bunch of isolationists. Uh, and Gary Cooper's fucking great in it. Um, it's co-written by John Huston, too, so... Of course, it's got great dialogue. Um, uh, but yeah, a great movie. And if you've got the Warner DVD, watch the bonus feature uh, on the making of it, because it talks a lot about the real Alvin York and how he had to not only be convinced to let his life story be made, but also over the course of that happening, ended up becoming a very big proponent of entering World War Two, um, which was strictly against his religious beliefs. So um yeah, that's all I watched this week.
1: Brad,
3: I've actually got a couple of things. Um, hey, don't you take
1: my catchphrase? <laughs> uh,
3: I watched the river. The, so, you know, I watched all those '90s movies last week, and mm-hmm. now Netflix is just pouring '90s movies into my feed. <laughs> nice. So I watched The River Wild, which I saw as a kid. And, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Brothers love that movie.
3: Haven't watched since. Uh, it's pretty good. It's a small movie. Um, pretty impressive, like from a filmmaking standpoint, about like working on and on water. Um yeah, like I'm not watching for the story so much as I'm watching like how do they make this like with the rapids and everything and uh um I forgot like like uh John C. Riley's in it as like Kevin Bacon's Ooh. other henchman mm-hmm. and then um David Strathairn is the, the dad or her husband. Uh, Meryl Streep's the main character. Um so she's a pro uh like water rafter canoe person. I don't know what the actual term, because in the movie it starts out, she's doing a canoe like in the Boston river. Um, and then they go on this vacation and she's having uh, a canoeer, wow. canoe yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> canoe. And like as a teenager, she's one of the few people who were able to go down. The, I think it's the snake river in the movie. And there's like this one point that's like really dangerous, but she and her teenage friends actually managed to get through it. Um, so she's, she's an expert on that kind of thing. Uh, she's having problems in her marriage with her husband, who works a lot. Um, you know, he ignores their kid's birthday. And they've Dang. got this trip planned to go to the Snake River and just kind of, you know, yeah. go camping and go down the river. And it's interrupted by the fact that Kevin Bacon and John C. Riley and this third guy have stolen some uh, money from a stock show. So they're it's, they're on the lam, and they're using the, the river to hide from the cops. Um, and they hear about how great she is at, at you know, rafting. So they initially... You know become friends with them and then as he starts spying on them they feel something's not right and try to get away with them and everything falls apart and uh you know they basically hold them hostage to get down the river and then you know they find a way to uh overcome that so um yeah it's a small movie of yeah. interesting um, yeah, my
1: brothers love that movie uh
3: then i watched along came a spider which <laughs> i hadn't seen since um i'm sorry high school um didn't at the time uh anton yelchin is like baby anton yelchin mm. uh in that movie um it was fun to see him was like he looked like almost the same as an adult as a kid just smaller um and then uh yeah it's, it, i didn't realize that was an alex cross story mm-hmm. uh which you remember tyler perry was supposed to be like the launch of the new alex yeah. cross jack ryan style franchise you know alex cross um, tyler perry yeah and it's fine it's just a movie about where like alex cross is this superstar detective mm-hmm. and there's this one guy you know kidnaps this little girl um from a senator holds her hostage to get what he wants and it's really weird like uh you know you start the movie they're in this private school and the teacher has like this weird face and you're just focused on like why is this that's a weird looking guy and then uh a couple scenes later you know you kidn- kidnaps the girl and then oh yeah it's prosthetics like um like why didn't i see that coming um so anyway uh yeah he can have the girl does a bunch of ransom scenarios and then you find out that he's not the real guy behind the whole heist uh it's actually billy burke who is a security guard at the private school and he's in league with uh, her actual caretaker who has been helping alex cross navigate the case the whole time so um and she just wants the diamonds
1: <laughs> Does he ever chop mm-hmm. wood without a shirt on? Because he's done that before in Twilight. Nope. Mm.
3: He has like two scenes. Um, That's right.
1: He's like, There's shirtless wood
3: chopping in Twilight? Yep.
0: There's shirtless lots of things in Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch it now. Uh, don't.
1: <laughs> I remember one of the worst weeks of my life is we were seeing like the third one. Is it the third one or the fourth one? What How many are the, there? I think it's, well, there are five technically. Okay, so so it's the fourth one. So I watched four of them in one week because we are going to do something fun. I've never had a bigger headache in my life.
0: Bigger headache than the Fifty Shades
1: movies, or those? Yeah, just... at least those boobs in it. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that... I
0: got a headache from the second one.
1: <laughs> then I watched the
3: Pelican Brief with uh, the Pelican Brief, which holy shit's like two hours and fifty minutes long, oh, yeah. and I didn't finish it. <laughs> like I, an hour I in, want and my money back? I was like, I. I fell asleep, and I tried to rewatch it and fell asleep again. I was like, okay, this means something, so I'm just going to give up on this.
0: Would you say you were brief with the Pelican brief?
3: Ha, ha, ha. Cut his mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I also, I, I mentioned earlier I watched Star Wars and 4DX. Um, with, I'll explain this with the caveat. I was in the very back row, um, so I don't think the whole rig gets across the whole theater. Mm. So I was very unimpressed with the 4DX for this. Mm. Like um,
0: Mark Hamill didn't show up in person.
3: That's always disappointing. He should be at every movie. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's, like, snow scenes on Kajimi. I don't remember seeing any snow fill the theater. Mm. Um, you know, most of the time, like, the seats move so much, even just during, like, sweeping camera moves, that mm-hmm. by the middle of the movie, I didn't even notice that I was moving in the chairs anymore. Mm. Um, what else? It's in 3D. Nothing really jumped out of the screen. It was all that like, pushed back perspective. And yeah. even then, like, a lot of scenes still feel, felt really flat. That's bummer. But I'm also, I'm in the back, so I'm not getting, like, the correct angle on a lot of things. Did so. you get
2: punched in the back a lot? Uh, not <laughs> really. That's my favorite forty X effects. <laughs> there was a couple mm-hmm. times
3: that happened, but the actually the most <laughs> annoying thing was for every lightsaber thrust, they would shoot the jets out next to your ears for the air. Oh, no. And I don't feel like that's an accurate... Response for physical lightsabers. Like, if anything, the lights on the side should change, like, should match the color of the lightsaber that's f- flowing mm-hmm. and also, like, be in time with that. And often the flashes were not lightsaber timed. Oh. So that was, but again, I'm, like, in the back far corner, so I'm, like, not in the premium zone for this. Sure. For those effects. Did you so, get really
2: wet often? No. Uh,
3: again, like, uh, yeah. you know, when you see Kylo Ren drenched walking through, like, that that platform, I should feel as drenched as he did. Because, like, Avengers, I got just blasted with so much water at times. Same. Like, same. Yeah. I actually
2: did Avengers 40X.
3: But, uh, but last, or <laughs> er, Res of the Skywalker, very minimal. Like, it was just like squirt, squirt. Um, and then they did have. Saying, <laughs> <laughs> JJ
0: Abrams with a squirt gun. Squirt, squirt. Yeah. It's like, <laughs>
3: I just felt it on my wrist half the time. Um, and then they did have, like, scents for, like, when they were in the forest. So it smelled, you know, aromatic at times but everything else i didn't notice any smells for anything i think there might have been an explosion where it had burnt rubber but i felt is a kind of a letdown like avengers has done really well but this felt like not not correct not correct in places and also not enough
0: is, is it a lot of aromatic stuff in 4dx um like like i'm sure it's not the predominant feature but is there a lot like a smellovision vision would be
3: they're supposed like it's supposed to match whatever's on screen. Okay. Um so it either is not happening because it's malfunctioning mm-hmm. or it's just not programmed correctly. Okay. Um but with uh like I remember Avengers being light on some obvious like e- even when characters call like reference smells in the movie, like those didn't happen in the Avengers one. Um, but when they were, like, on Thanos' planet, they had the same thing. I think thing. that was the
2: only one, right? The only smell part? That's
3: all I remember, but I, there's, like, burnt rubber for some explosions of things. Because mm-hmm. um, I was going to say, like, and this is
0: going to sound like... I was going to d- ask
2: you what Kylo smells like, but...
0: This is going to sound like a joke, but it's not. If they did Empire Strikes Back during the Wampa scene, do you think when Han acknowledges the smell that they would make a foul se- smell Ooh, for the Wampa? That's what, open?
3: that's what I'd expect, but like I said, in I forget what was in Avengers, like, Ant-Man says something... That references the smell in the room. I forget what it is. Oh, you mean when Hulk farted? <laughs>
4: yeah, <laughs> I remember that part.
3: No, there's something else. I don't know, but like when uh, I can remember it in the media moment, like even like if I was programming it and Hulk walked up with the tacos, like I would put a taco smell sure in the scene. It's
2: what smell vision's there for, right? Yeah, yeah. Like
3: if you're doing 4DX, like it should be this immersive. Like you s- every sense is being hit uh, when it can. But this, yeah. Yeah, What does exhausted,
2: sweaty ray smell like? (laughs) Vanilla. Just salt. Vanilla. 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 (laughs) Vanilla.
3: But yeah, it was really just like the (laughs) the whatever forest planet they were on for the rebel base. That's like when they pumped in, you know, faux forest. Somebody. Uh, I see. Like when they're on the ocean, like it should smell like sea salt or something. Mm -hmm. I I didn't get that. But also, again, like I'm in the back corner. I don't know if I'm missing it because I'm just in the wrong spot.
0: Somebody should do Mad Max Fury Road in 4 X so I can smell what that universe smells like.
3: Ew, it's
0: just grease <laughs> and sand and piss. Ew.
3: Got to got to know guys, we got to know. Decaying uh, <laughs> leper people. Mhm. Uh anyway, uh and then the last thing I saw which I thought was really good was Dark Waters. Just uh Ooh, Ton film, which might be part of uh the uh Mark Ruffalo versus DuPont
1: trilogy uh,
3: cuz he go he's uh
1: he's a verse a lot of things i mean if it's um yeah but in foxcatcher
3: and- in Fox Hatcher he's that's right yeah uh, the dupont like that fucking guy kills mm-hmm. kills him um but this is also a story of dupont um but more in the business side uh where i'd also call it the scariest movie of the year because um basically the whole movie is trying to tell you that we all have teflon in our genetic makeup now and it's killing us um so ah, she, what, rob Balot is this lawyer who normally defends large corporations and then his grandma lives in a town with this farm ha- or farmer rancher who his cows are dying because the land's poisoned from what dupont's dumping into it and so out of a favor he takes on the case because um, he Tracks down his grandma, goes to the farm, sees, like, all these, like, a field of just mounds of dirt where all these cows have been buried. Like, they go crazy. Their teeth turn black. It's horrible. Um, And then he, you know, like, he becomes a, basically a detective, like, tracking down what's going on. So so uh, he learns that DuPont has, so the army created Teflon, basically, which is, like, eight carbon atoms in a row. And it's just, like... It's so dense that it like rejects organic matter, which is why it works so well. I'm paraphrasing. Like they actually go to like they actually make me understand it really well in the movie. Um, it's called C8, but they rename it PFOA. Um, I forget what that stands for. But anyway, so that element gets by the EPA because the EPA the EPA only regulates chemicals and things that they are told exist. So anyway. So they've been dumping that chemical into our water sources for years, You know, not just in Ohio where this is mostly taking place, but all their other plants, because I think DuPont and Foxhatcher is in Pennsylvania. Um, so he just dis- discovers that, but in the process of discovering that, he, re- he finds out that they've known it's dangerous, and you know they were willfully using their own employees to test how dangerous it is. So they would get women to clean the vats, and then they would have babies born with birth defects and then when um they would you know keep that under wraps and then they would lace some of the workers cigarettes with it so they would smoke it and find out like how it hurt them that way um and as the movie goes on if you find out it's linked to like all the like like a lot of cancers maybe just modern because of it Mm -hmm. like uh i forget specific ones but they have like a list of them but anyway so and this is recent, like the most recent part. Like as the movie goes along, there's like a little like two thousand, like 1999, whatever location, 2002 whatever location. It goes along. So this basically his finding out about all this starts like in the 90s, hmm. which is really recent. Um, they've been doing this since the 60s, um, but um, and they kept doing it just because they said like Teflon as a product. Um, did I mention earlier? It's the military developed it to yeah. co- coat tanks um um sorry i just keep losing my place um they've been using but it just makes like it makes like um like a million three million dollars like a day in revenue it's
1: on your like pots and pans
3: yeah it's coach your carpet um yeah mostly your pots and pans like it's it's even worse when you heat it up so Mm -hmm. uh, because it shakes all those molecules Mm -hmm. up so i'll be dead soon yeah um, so yeah, and then it uh like <laughs> the most recent you know, the movie kind of leaves off in like I think twenty seventeen. Uh so six years before that is really where most things stop because um, you know, they eventually they initially get a settlement for the rancher who eventually gets cancer and dies, um, and then DuPont swears like, okay, well, um yeah, we're sorry, we knew about this all along. Um, you know, if it's really an epidemic, we'll pay for all the restitution for all the people who've been affected. And the other thing is, like, in the town, like, it's trouble because the town is basically run by DuPont. Like, all the employees, like, a lot of people in the town are employed by it. So, they're really, like, even though they're being poisoned by them, like, they're still loyal to DuPont because, like, they'd rather make money than, Hmm. you know, not have a a place to work, you know. So, they're willing to put up with it. So, there's a lot of times where, you know, they're they're taking blood samples and they're like, you're not going to find anything because DuPont's a good company. Like, that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, so they take a bunch of blood samples from like 60,000 people because they offer $400 for blood sample. Um, And it takes like six years to analyze all that. And then meanwhile, people are thinking like, you know, we got hosed, you know, you just took our money uh, for this thing and these settlements and didn't do anything about it. And then it comes back like six years later, like, like all those cases, like everyone's infected, (laughs) like everyone has in their body. Like there's different levels of like, yeah, it might kill you. It might not. But like, it's so pervasive they say like 99% of the earth has the strain of like that C8 strain in it. Um, And so other countries have outlawed that. um, But Dubont's still doing it, making it and they have all these like mental gymnastics they use to get out of like initially part of the contract is like, okay, if we find that those 60,000 people are infected, like we'll do something about it. And then they renege on it.
4: Hmm.
3: Not even legally. They say like, we're not honoring it. So, from here on out, like, that guy, he's still case by case. He's going to go through all of them and, like, get uh, mm-hmm. settlements for all those people. And so far, he's won, like, 560 of them. Uh, or, no, he's they've paid out $560 million. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um,
1: Imagine having that much money it doesn't even matter. Yeah, fuck, who cares?
3: Yeah, they make so much money, um, and the government won't do anything about it because they're tied to the government. Like, mm-hmm. they have all the resources. At one point... Um, you know that you think they're finally going to get their comeuppance and then they drag in a lawyer from the EPA or someone from the EPA in who just defends them and says like they start to argue like the amount of this chemical is actually safe and they just decided it that day it's pretty messed up so yeah stay away from Teflon guys <sighs>
0: Gentlemen, it's been an honor podcasting with you, but uh I just uh, swallowed a bunch of Teflon <laughs> right now.
4: <laughs>
3: There's one weird thing though. Um I'm not maybe I just read it wrong, but at the end they show cuz they actually include some of the people like the real people in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um as they play different characters, but they're in the movie, but they do like a roll call at the end and they they sh- uh show the guy who was like the farmer's brother, but in the movie they like part of what kicks off is that they say he died and Dupont took his land. Um or bought his land as part of like um, restitution for that but he's alive in real life so uh, I can't imagine this movie they would they would change anything to dramatize it more but I I hmm. might have just read the crawl wrong Hmm. so yeah Dark Waters might
2: check that out actually
3: yeah it's I mean it's as far as like movies based on actual events goes it's pretty um, standard like there's even a scene where um, what's his name uh, from Shawshank Redemption tall guy Tim Robbins Tim Robbins <laughs> he plays like uh Mark Ruffalo's like the main lawyer a uh, lawyer at the firm um I don't know, I thought he had like a terrible delivery like they're they get all the partners together and they argue um like Mark, Ruff, Ruff, Mark Ruffalo is trying to say like we should take on these cases because it's the right thing to do and everyone else is just like well you know we defend these companies we don't go after them and then Tim Robbins steps up for him but his like speech to do that is just so like i don't know one of the worst <laughs> deliveries of the year just uh if it i just didn't feel the real emotion out of it like he's just saying it to talk to the audience like you know we're doing this cuz it's right um yeah so uh there's some goofy parts in that and there's also one where like Mark Ruffalo gets mad in the car and like he you know, drives off the road and Anne Hathaway is like, they're having a little fight and then they just find like a, a card in the glove box that like leads to the next thing in the movie. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. also he has, he starts to get this like nervous twitch in his hand. And then, uh, later on in the movie, like the stress has got to him, he, he you know, he, he collapses and has to go to the hospital. And there's cliche stuff like that where you're just like, mm. I've seen that before and it's kind of dumb. Uh, but I think overall the message of the movie is really important to see. So. Ooh. Yep, that's what I watched.
1: Uh not very much for me. I I saw Jumanji: The Next Level. Um, it's all right. You know, it's it, the, the first Jumanji is fun. Um, uh, well, I guess the second Jumanji. So the third Jumanji is fun. Um, I, I thought The Rock should be called Tumanji. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I thought The Rock doing Danny DeVito would get annoying, but he's actually pretty great in it. There's this really funny uh, long running joke where uh, Danny DeVito doesn't understand that he's in a game. So adults go into the game. Yeah. So in this one, it's, uh, the kid comes back, He uh, fixes it and he accidentally gets sucked in. So the rest of his friends go there and turn on the game. And, uh, uh, I can't talk. So it's Dan, Danny, Danny DeVito Glover. and uh, Danny Glover, Danny Glover. Thank you. Yeah. Um, are put in the game as well. And, uh, Danny Vito, The Rock is Danny Vito, keeps on saying, where are we? Are we in a game? And it's like the first hour of the movie. He just keeps on saying that every time they go to a new location. And he says, wait a minute, is this a game? And it's it's really funny. (laughs) And and, and The Rock's really uh, great in it. Uh, But it's also over two hours long. And it really, like, drags. Mm. Um, Karen Gillian's really good in it. Um, But it's, I don't know. It was fun. Kellen really liked it, but he also started getting a little bored because there was really long periods of nothing happening. Um, they would go and you know they'd be on the bridge with all the mandrels, and then it would slow way down, and and then uh, the Spencer, like the main character who was rocking the first one, his girlfriend was the Karen Gillian character, and then they broke up, and so. uh God. Anyway, so there, there's this part where The Rock is talking to her and he's said, yeah, you know, I saw how much fun you're having on Instagram and I s- thought that maybe that you didn't want me in your life. And she says, no, I want you in my life. And that's how they resolve their conflict oh, on the side of like this. a mountain. And, I'm like, and I said, well, did they really just drop Instagram in this? <laughs> and I said, that's where we are.
2: Part of it's the budget, really shallow. Part of the, the I don't, budget, I don't I react to Facebook. the social media references in movies. Exactly. Super well. it's was <laughs> well, my favorite part of Thor. <laughs> you know when Kat Dennings is like, I'm putting this on Facebook. Yeah. And everyone was like, ha ah,
0: Facebook. Get used to it. It's now going to be a part of the way films are talked about, much like the telephone in early films. Yeah, no, it's you know? it's I
1: mean, It's fun. I mean, it, I think kids like it, and Kellen liked it enough. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's whatever. Uh, I also watched The Long Shot, which is really great. Right. Um, I mean, the, great, but... No, I think it's actually pretty great. Okay. It's... it's um, Charlie Theron and uh, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen is a writer for uh, like a left wing uh, small publication. publication online, and she's Secretary of State trying to become the president. Uh, Bob Odenkirk is the president, and it's really funny. Um, He's really incompetent. He's really incompetent. He. They're basically making fun of Trump. He has a show on TVS where he plays the president, and then he got elected as president, and he wants to leave to go into movies. <laughs> it's pretty <Yeah>. funny. Um, <laughs> and uh, Charlie Charliesteren's really great in it. Uh, I just thought I just liked it because it's kind of different um and i 'm surprised how much chemistry... seth Rogen's really great at having chemistry with women that seem like they 're out of his league you know um and it uh, is funny um yeah yeah it 's a comedy it 's real hard for me to describe like setups for it.
3: The only part i did wasn 't uh, keen on was kind of the finale it seems like it just makes a case of like well weed will solve all of our problems
1: yeah um, as always yeah but there i mean there's really funny when <laughs> they're talking at the end and he says you will not believe who killed jfk if i told you <laughs> it'll be obvious to you but then you'd be like not that guy <laughs> It's really funny mm-hmm. um but yeah i had fun with it you know it's it's one of those ones i think i got on black friday for five dollars and they I said, bought it. Oh. Yeah. Was, you know, it's because it was one of those, uh bargain bins. Yeah. Display cases they had around and they had a list of the movies. and You really weren't sure if you were getting it, but I've got Lego, the second part. And that and it was like $10 for both of them. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it was really fun. I, I was surprised how much I liked it. Uh, but I, I did hear a lot of people really like it.
3: Yeah. Uh, I was, I was surprised when I saw it. Cause I was just like, well, I need to kill some time. I'm going to
1: watch yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, was... it seemed like it got lost cause it came out May 3rd. So it was a week after Avengers. So it was, <laughs> It just totally got lost in um, yeah. and everything. Is
0: it Lionsgate that did it? Yeah.
1: Or, okay, yeah. Then, yeah. And uh, the last thing I watched, Zach so graciously got me the very last Cary Grant film I needed was in this Gene Harlow collection that I really didn't want to bite the bullet and buy because um, I'm not the biggest Gene Harlow fan. Um,
0: and there's five other Gene <laughs> Harlow. Six of them. So, oh, six out, that's six right. Yeah, ones. it's a seven film collection. I forgot um, about that, yeah. So
1: it's called Susie. And in it, it takes place during World War One, mm-hmm. And uh, Cary Grant is a... Uh, World War One hero. Uh, of course he is. Course he is. <laughs> he's, he's a pilot in this one, too, much like he is in uh, the Eagle and the Hawk. Uh, but in, in this one, it starts with Jean Harlow. She is going to marry this one guy who she believes is really wealthy, but he turns out to be work as his mechanic. But she likes him anyways. Then he's killed by this woman because he figures out like a, something with the war Um, so she runs away scared and doesn't want to stay around and she kind of hides and she runs into Cary Grant's arms who Cary Grant is very wealthy in it and he's kind of privileged, but he's also a womanizer and he cheats on her all the time and, um, she finds out about it and, uh, yeah, whatever. And it, so, but it is actually a pretty, uh, good film. Uh, he does sing in it, which he doesn't, I think that's the only film I actually sings a whole song in. Yeah, And he's really good. Um, he's funny. I think this was 36. So it's really at the point where he starts becoming a movie star. That's like a year before Awful Truth. Yeah, and bringing up babies. So he's pretty much on the rise. Uh, And so, yeah, it's fun. And then I I was shocked to learn. So there's a Warner Brothers archive, and they usually don't put too many special features on it. Um, And each disc has two movies except for one, obviously. And uh, they have an old radio promo. It's 10 minutes long. Surely you want to go see that heartthrob, Cary Grant, in... And then they play whole scenes from the movie. Um, so it was fun. There are there are bumpers.
0: I was I I messaged you this, but there are bumpers for radio uh, for motion pictures of the era. Sometimes they'll do the clips. Sometimes it'll just be them talking to some of the actors, mm-hmm. and then like if you get like a radio actor doing their own movie and whatnot. Sometimes you'll just tap into their persona, but then they'll also yeah. do songs from the film. But like. The announcer is the only one that just seems out of place and yeah, all of them. It's Really and he, weird. And he's the one that's supposed to
1: be selling the movie yeah. to you. Of course, you want to go see Gene Hollow, that blonde bombshell.
0: <laughs> you, you know, like I was re-listening to some of them after you sent that me that info, and then I watched the Citizen Kane trailer again, and like, I still like it, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I
1: love the I love the history behind it. Yeah, I, I, Susie. I put it right in the middle of his um, grand scheme of things. So now I've actually officially seen every one of his films. And it was really fun. I went back and I was reading. Um, I have a book called The Evening of Cary Grant where he would go do college lectures. Mm-hmm. And so he made 72 films. But if you asked him, he only made 68 because he hates four of his films. And uh, it's Born to be Bad, The Devil in the Deep, uh, When You're in Love, and uh, People Will Talk. And so I'm like, man, where did I put those in my... like? Cary Carrie Grant stuff.
0: People will talk is with Mae West, right? No, uh, no. uh
1: Gene uh Gene Crane. Oh, okay. And okay, it's, okay, it's okay. all right. I don't know why he I mean it's a little maybe contrived the plot. I mean I can see why Born to Be Bad he's a horrible character in it. Um I was constipated on People Will Talk. That's why I didn't like it. Yeah, and, I don't uh, like being backed up. <laughs> and uh Devil in the Deep, he's only in it for maybe two minutes and it's, yeah. And he he really didn't like Gary Cooper very much, I don't think. And he had a star in it with him.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I, I just praise Gary Cooper for Sergeant York. Oh no, but, Gary Cooper's
1: a but, fine actor. I just, don't, I think him and <laughs> Cary Grant were always after the same roles. Yeah. And, and if you read his book, uh, his talking about the reason he became a free agent is because he was getting second looks after Gary Cooper's. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So he basically said, "Okay, well, I'll just make my own movies." Yeah.
0: Um, you know, it's funny. Humphrey Bogart was uh, the was the second helpings after George Raft for a long time. Yeah. And then Casablanca. Know.
1: Well, no, you Cary uh, Grant talks about it. You know, he, he says, you know, I was working at Paramount and Bogart and Cooper were there. So yeah. if Cooper and Bogart didn't want it, then he would be offered it. Yeah. And so when he got out of his contract, he signed it with, um, RKO, but he only had to make one film with him and then he could make any other movies. One, he could make two other ones for any other studio, but then you'd have to come back and make one for RKO. Yeah.
0: So he basically Maybe,
1: he changed yeah, the movie he, industry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a fun movie. So thank you, Zach. Yeah, I'm officially done with it. Did you? Are you going to update the? Article? I will. Okay. Yeah, hopefully, I'll do it soon. I have to post. I've written a couple articles about my favorite Blu-rays. I got to post. As I keep on forgetting to. I, so.
0: I, I'm gonna tell you, like, because I'm glad I was able to find find it at an affordable rate. Um, but the uh, the thing that I was like wondering is this, like. And I texted this to you, but, like, if we open it up and you finally watch it, is it going to be like the Ark of the Covenant? <laughs> Where it's just, no, just like, look right. away, Marion! <laughs> I, I didn't melt
1: away, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, no. But, um,
0: um, I'll need to watch it now and be yeah, like, what totally. was... I want to know why we can't have it on its own. Yeah, That's it's the only thing that it's bothers very me. Because it's
1: not... Like, it's a good movie. It's nothing it's, special. It's not though. offensive or anything. No, either, no, no, no. Not yeah. at all. Okay. Like, I mean, I mean, I guess he cheats on his wife, but... That's That's, not, a, that's, that's not, offensive to me. That's not that <laughs> uncommon in, in back then, you know.
0: No, that's a melodrama um, about marriage. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um,
3: uh, before we go, I think James has something to say about what he's been watching lately.
6: Hey, guys, it's James. Uh, sorry I couldn't join you this week. I'm already out of town for uh, for the holidays, but uh, I need to call in because the film explosion's coming up, and, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Zach's going to end up putting Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on his list. And when he does, I don't... I don't just want to, like, shit all over his breakfast. Uh, I want to, like, just let him have his moment and sit there and be quiet, which meant that I needed to call in and and rant about um, how utterly disappointing that movie is uh, beforehand. So that way, it's just, you know, getting off my chest. So, uh, you know, I watched that movie, and I was really looking forward to it. It was such a great idea for a movie. And then I'm watching it, and it's just so slow and builds tension so poorly for a long time and and, you know, just kind of meanders and builds characters really slowly and, and in a way where they, they tell you what's really happening instead of really showing you the characters. And, you know, so I was just kind of bored and disappointed for a long time. Uh, but then the ending happens, and that's really the part that I just can't abide. Um, because, look, the, I love – and some spoilers for, for Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood um, – I love the revisionist history thing, like that's so great, I think the potential here, especially to sort of take on this idea that that Charles Manson really kind of ruins that sort of Silver Age of film um in a in a real way, you know especially that seventies version like it just sort of taints Hollywood for a while into the part of the you know the seventies that Tarantino loves so much um to try and redeem that I think is such a great idea and And then what he does is, for one thing, he finally starts building tension well with that scene where Brad Pitt actually goes to the ranch. And that that part's great. But then he kills it with the the time jump, which is just awful. But the real problem that I have with it is I think it's actually in bad taste. I I think that the whole ending sequence, the fact that we actually spend time, uh, and again, spoilers for this part, but the fact that we actually spend time with Sharon Tate pregnant on the day that she died, and we see her in that nightgown, um, I think is really disturbing, and, and again, in, in real poor taste. I think that the it, it is so much fun to watch Brad Pitt beat up on some hippies, but unfortunately what happens is, what the, the message that kind of sends is that, well, if there had been a real man as cool as Brad Pitt in the room with Sharon Tate, maybe she wouldn't be dead. Um, I think that's pretty gross, uh, and I think just overlooked on his part. And I think the fact that he doesn't, Go far enough to actually kill Hitler, as it, as it were, uh, in the same way that he does the Inglorious Bastards, means that he kind of is just, how? Just kind of does nothing with the idea. So the idea that a simple change of events could uh, could cause these two guys who filmed westerns and pretended to be heroes, um, even anti heroes, out on this ranch that now Charles Manson is hanging out on, the idea that at the end of that movie could have been that they you end up getting getting back there and and then we get this really satisfying scene where they basically you know kill or attack or at least you know uh, uh hinder the the cult enough and maybe they just kill Charles Manson and don't kill really that many other people like the the idea that that's how they could course correct history is so much more satisfying because now those guys get to go to the place where they pretended to be heroes and they get to actually be heroes and instead we get this scene where Leonardo DiCaprio's character actually doesn't really have a payoff, other than that he gets drunk and wanders into the street and yells at people for being in his driveway. Um, so his whole story arc doesn't actually have much of a completion. It's really just that Brad Pitt is a badass. Um, so that would have been so much more satisfying. And then the other, the other big criticism that I have is that I think that a movie about um, a movie about Helter Skelter, where a crazy guy tried to start a race war, that doesn't really deal with race or have prominent black people in it at all, I think it's also just a misunderstanding of the historical event altogether. I think that the movie makes it seem like Quentin Tarantino doesn't actually understand why Charles Manson and Hollywood at that time is an important and interesting story and that it's terrible. Um, and then at the end of the day, uh, I've compared this uh, to Inglorious Bastards a few times. To me, that ending with Sharon Tate, would be like if Inglorious Bastards ended at the grand opening of Auschwitz and that the bastards had to wander their way through Auschwitz before it opened and then kill Hitler because he happened to be there. Like, you're just treading on some ground that maybe is more holy than you deserve. I I just find that really gross and and pretty disgusting. I just think it's in bad taste. Um, So I think the movie is not only disappointing, but bad for people. Anyway, uh, thanks, guys, and I will promise to shut up when Zach puts it on his top 10 list anyway. Meh. <laughs> uh, just kidding, Zach. But, uh, yeah, anyway, here's my, uh, if I can, my quick review of Star Wars. Uh, I liked it, but you probably know what things I didn't like. But I had a good time, so everybody should see it because it's Star Wars. Bye, guys. Have fun. Miss you guys. Bye.
1: So, Alex, thank you for coming on the show this week. Thank I you very much it. for having Your, your, me your Star, Star, Star Wars, Wars. insight was very informative we appreciate it uh next week is our last episode before we do film explosion. so if you want to get uh, your favorite films from 2019 make sure you get those into us we're recording on january 4th um next week we're seeing uncut gems hey, hell yeah we are sappy uh, brothers. brothers yeah so it should be awesome
3: because i'm so annoyed i thought it expanded this week so i put it in my fantasy lineup and mm. now expands next week
1: yeah, I was in mine, too. I didn't do very well this week. Oh, mm. well, what are you going to do? Let, let me
0: guess. But Josh. I won
1: fantasy football, so it's all right. Can I,
0: can I take a guess? Josh won again.
1: Joe? Or Joe oh, sorry. Course, Josh, yeah. Joe. Yes, sorry, of course. Uh, he always so, does. He didn't get it perfect, though. No, he's been slipping a little bit. I mean, he's done so well, though. He actually won an animation frame from uh, Space Jam signed by Michael Jordan. Wow. Oh, gosh. And it was wow. it was worth, like, $3,500. He told me how had to sign, like, tax stuff for it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it hangs in his basement. It's pretty awesome. So as I was saying, so he's also won a t shirt. He's one of the highest ranked players in the country. Yeah. So good for him.
3: But I beat him the last two weeks, so that's all nice. that matters.
1: <laughs> nice. I know. That's what I mean. He's like slipping.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: But yep. God, just when Star Wars and all the rest knives out, why didn't I see it?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so ironic.
2: Totally. Well, I'm probably gonna go catch a late night screening of Rise of Skywalker. Nice. Are <laughs> Thanks
1: for stopping by. I'm try to see, see you next week. All right.
2: Bye. Bye. Are you really?
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics